Welcome in, everybody. It is that time. Big episode number 100. I can't believe we made it this far, but we have Rob Dufre, Andrew May alongside all of you. We are recording the night before the NFL draft. It's Wednesday, April 27th. Episode will be released in the morning, way before the draft takes place. So all the draft content you need is right here. Our good buddy Tommy Locks is going to be with us shortly. So we figured we, we'd get things started before he hops on here. And he's got his full mock draft. Uh, he's making revisions to it pretty much as we speak um, because he spends all the time in the world on this thing. Like we told you, it's not a half-assed job. I mean, it's probably the most comprehensive draft packet you're going to find anywhere on any website from any insider. Uh, so he's working on that around the clock, and there might even be some changes from the time that he gets on the air with us tonight to the time he actually finalizes the thing tomorrow. So we'll have all the draft conversation for you. Uh, before Tommy hops on, we'll start off with baseball quick, and we'll spend five minutes on that just before he hops in because this is going to be a predominantly football show because there's a lot of stuff to get into, particularly with the Jets and Giants, both having multiple picks in the top ten um, and multiple directions that both of those teams could go. So certainly chock full of information to get into from that perspective. But um, as we sit here right now, Yankees are, are playing the Orioles, and the Yankees have kind of hit their stride a little bit offensively. They swept the Guardians, which they should do. They're still a better team than them. Uh, but the offense is finally starting to hit. Uh, and the Mets are playing just unbelievable baseball. Coming into today, had the best record in the major leagues. They've won their sixth consecutive series, series against the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, but it's less about the play and it's more about what happened at the end of the Mets Cardinals game. that I think warrants probably the most discussion. And that was a benches clearing incident that happened in the Mets and Cardinals game. Uh, for those of you who are Mets fans, you know, I mean, the Mets have gotten hit, hit by pitch more than anybody in the league this season. A league leading 19 guys have been hit by a pitch couple of them. In bad spots. Alonzo's gotten hit in the head twice. Lindor caught one in the face. Thank God for that flap, the C flap that they have coming down on their helmet, or else he probably would have broke his jaw and lost a couple of teeth in the process. James McCann caught one up by the head early on in the season. Marte caught one right up by the shoulder. Canna had one thrown up by his neck two nights ago. And listen, it, there's, I find it hard to believe that there's any sort of intent with these pitches. But it kind of illustrates a bigger issue with baseball nowadays that so many of these pitchers are just being taught to get on the mound and go full bore and throw the ball as hard as you can. And whenever, wherever the ball goes, it goes. These guys are not being paid to pitch anymore. They're being paid to throw and throw very, very hard. And a lot of times these late inning relievers, they come in, they give max effort. They have no idea where the ball is going once it leaves their hands. And unfortunately today, another Met was hit by a pitch. J.D. Davis caught one in the foot. And I know, again, it's hit in the foot by a breaking pitch, but the ball missed home plate by five feet. It's a three, two pitch. You're trying to get the guy out. And it's just, it's just a lack of discipline, a lack of knowing how to pitch. And the Mets took exception to it because again, this is the 19th time someone's gotten hit by a pitch and we're 19 games into the season. That's a little ridiculous. And a lot of these, a lot of these pitches they've been getting hit by are in scary spots. Like I said, a couple people gotten hit in the head. So what do the Mets do? I mean, they're finally in an advantageous spot where, hey, they're down by five runs in the late innings. A lot of these games, they've been winning by two or three runs late in the game. They're not going to get into a pissing match with anybody. They're trying to win the game. But today they found themselves in a spot where they were up by five runs. Yuan Lopez, who's a guy who's probably going to get DFA'd in a week, is on the mound. So what does he do? He brushes Nolan Arenado off the plate a little bit. I don't even know if he was trying to hit him. Chances are he probably was trying to throw inside, but this ball doesn't come anywhere close to Nolan Arenado. And Nolan Arenado freaks out because, as we know, Nolan Arenado, 
all the respect in the world to him as a player. If you look at his baseball reference page, you'll actually be amazed. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Will go down as probably one of the best third basemen to ever play this game. But he's the fakest tough guy that the MLB has ever seen. And he's a hothead who likes to start drama. So the bench is clear and there's a whole big incident. And the Cardinals manager makes a fool out of himself saying you're trying to threaten a guy's career and his life by throwing the ball where it was thrown. As, as I said, it wasn't even close to him. But, I mean, that's besides the point. I think the big problem, Rob, is, as I said before, is you have a problem now where guys don't feel safe in the box. And it's a multitude of things. It's, it's the fact that, as I said, pitchers are being paid to throw as hard as they can. They're getting paid for velocity and not pitchability. And also, you don't know how, how much these guys were reliant on the spider tack or whatever sticky substances they were using. And now that they are no longer allowed to use those substances – the balls are slick on them. I mean, even Bassett said it last night. Now, Bassett hasn't been affected by any crackdown and sticky stuff. He's still going out there and shoving. But he even brought it up the fact last night in his postgame pressure that these balls are terrible. Sometimes they're too big. Sometimes they're too small. They're different sizes. Some, some balls have extra seams. Some have not enough seams. Some balls, the seams are further apart. Some are slick. Some are so dry that they stick to your hand. Like, he said every right, single I'm gonna, ball I got to stop you. 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 <laughs> oh, God. Here we You're go. You're going way too much into this, partner. First of all, I'd like to congratulate us on our 100th episode. <laughs> I, I mean, thought, you're getting I, way. I thought you way, were going to criticize me for the ball talk. Way too much into this right now. I mean, we doesn't need that much analyzing. You know, it really doesn't. But first and foremost, I, I have to say I'm proud of us for what we've done for this 100th episode. It's something special. Maybe a lot of people didn't think we were going to get to 100 episodes, maybe even including ourselves coming off the Wait, pandemic. So, you, so you're able to but, deal with 100 episodes, but you weren't able to deal with three minutes of ball talk. That was three minutes. That was about eight and a half minutes of talking about Arenado. Then you're going into Arenado's career. You're going into the baseballs, the stitching, the whole side, the slipperiness. The, 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 oh, mud under Listen, me. Listen, blame so Tommy. I'm trying to pass time until our pal, pal comes on, and he's Listen, MIA got right now. We got things to we – got, we got ways to pass time. Don't worry about Tommy right now. He'll be on. <laughs> He'll be on. But, look, yeah, you know, 100 episodes is terrific. I got a lot of uh, – a lot of uh, uh, text messages and, and phone calls and stuff, uh, you know, congratulating us. So I want to get that out of the way. Um, we'll have to go through a whole nother process because normally what me and Andrew do, we started this about probably 50, 60 some episodes ago. We always give a giant or steal a jersey number for what episode it is, you know, whether it be past, present, whatever it may be. So we can't do that anymore. So we'll have to come up with something different for the, uh, for the episodes now. But I don't know what we're going to come up with. 100, 101, 102, you know, what can we put that number to? But we'll find that out and we'll, we'll figure that out when, when the time is right. But, uh, you know, look, the whole Met thing, it's obvious. There's not a lot to say. They're getting hit. They're getting hit up high. You know, the, the pitching is irresponsible. You could say what you want. I understand there's extra pitches in the league. Every team has extra pitches on their roster now. There's extra roster spots. Mets are getting hit. They're the teams that are getting hit. They finally responded today. They Really didn't brawl it out, but, you know, there was one cheap incident where uh, Alonzo was getting pulled by two Cardinals. So, and Alonzo responded to that in his presser. Uh, he didn't really particularly like that. Arenado did. He, he just kind of, you know, uh, um, he overreacted to it. Uh, and look, it's just going to have to come down to the fact that the Mets are going to have to start retaliating. We talked about this before we on in the air. I was saying hit them, hit, hit, just hit them in the ribs. You were saying hit them up high like the way we're getting hit, and you're probably not so wrong. Take one on the chin, and all of a sudden, 
believe me, guys will start being careful when right. other guys teams will start learning players, how to command their pitches. Yeah. When, when other teams' best players are taking one to their skull, then let's see what they tell their pitches. So that's the only way to handle it. Because the, pe- the people who don't know how to command their pitches are never the ones who have to pay for their mistake. It's also right. other players. So you start right. getting your teammates telling you, you know, right. that's how things are going to change. There's not a lot more to dissect into it with the exception that the Mets did lose, but they've set a record now. They won six series in a row uh, to start the season. No franchise, no, no Mets franchise has done that in their history. So kudos to this team. They are playing well. They will start facing some adversity here and there. They're coming up now to play the Phillies and they're playing the Braves. You know, if they start losing two, three games in a row, let's see how the fan base reacts, how everybody reacts. But listen, everybody calm down. Losing streaks are going to happen. We'll see what happens with DeGrom. they got some little bit of news on him now. He's starting to heal. They're going to reevaluate again in three more weeks, which will bring you to probably around the third week of May. And then they'll probably make a decision. If he's fully healed, you'll probably see him back sometime mid to late June. I would think at best at this point right now, if, if the, if, if all things go right. So we'll worry about that then he's not here now. So we can't worry about the ground, the Yankees. Yeah. They hit their 275 foot home runs. It's wonderful. <laughs> when they play at Yankee stadium, Rizzo hits pop-ups that are ordinary fly balls. It's annoying as all hell. The guy's got eight homers. Why? Because of a short porch. Let's stop it. The guy hasn't hit, you know, he hasn't really hit for power at all in the last, uh, now, do you in the in the last few years? So do you follow the page on Twitter? It's called uh, Would It Dong. Have you ever heard that no, page before? No, I, I don't. I don't. They they basically they take the launch angle and exit velocity and they tell you what ballparks would be a home run in. And his home runs last night. One of them would only be a home run in two stadiums, and the other one in three. So yeah, it's it's like that every time they, uh, a, a guy hits a home run in that stadium. Lemieux, who's done it a couple of times, it wouldn't have been out in any other park except the Yankee Stadium. I mean, yeah. Rizzo's hitting pop-ups. It's going off the end of his bat. It's getting him on the fist. That yeah. one he hit last night was, was uh, uh, you know, 100 yards in the air. It came straight down and it hit the foul pole. It was 310 feet away. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, it's a softball home run. Tommy Locks, who just joined us, he's hit further shots than that and didn't get home runs out of it. <laughs> Baseball started already. <laughs> That's what we did. We're waiting for our buddy Tommy to hop on. All right, enough, uh, enough of baseball. We've been we waiting got our for baseball you. fill out of the way. Everybody, we got questions. I got a couple of questions from people. I'm sure Andrew does. You do. So we got some questions. We got to get into this. Tommy Locks, everybody knows about him. We've, we've spoke about him a myriad of times. He's always a guest on this show. So we want to get this going, get this started right with Tommy Locks here. He had some information for us. He said he was kind of mixing it up. He had some sources that there was going to be a little bit of a jumble with the top three picks maybe. So we're waiting on that as well. Uh, you know, Tommy's going to put out the whole comprehensive report tomorrow. He's got most of it kind of, you know, put together, but he still has to put together some more um, – uh, as, what, what did you call him before, the, the Tommy? Bell, the bells and whistles, you know. I gotta, the bells gotta and whistles. He's, he's got a, a little – He's got to do a little touch-ups on it. Little touch-ups. He's got to do it just a couple more touch-ups before the draft back. When I used to have hair, a little shape-up. A little shape-up. I see you look like you – what you go, a little metrosexual? You did the eyebrows or something, too? No, I haven't done my eyebrows. You, didn't, I, you really, haven't done the eyebrows? The eyebrows I, look since, like they since, got done. Since the pandemic. I, sometimes I trim it a little bit. Looks I used like to have they, the lady at Mike's do it. They look like they got done. Look like you got a threading job there or something. I don't, I don't know. No, I don't know. I just naturally, it happens naturally. <laughs> so, right, so unlike unlike well, Rob, who just wants to use you for your football knowledge, I'll actually be I a know. good friend and ask you, long time no see. How's everything going? 
We text him every single day. I know, but I mean, I haven't seen the guy's face. I know we haven't seen face to face. Tommy, send him a send a picture every every single day. Every time you respond. Every, every, time time you, every time you get your eyebrows picture. done, send me a picture. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I'm sending you a picture of my face. It's a dick pic, you know. It's a, <laughs> but uh, by the way, congratulations, 100, 100th episode. Wow. Thank you, sir. Having yeah. the 100th best guest on, too. That's a, that's a good job by yeah. you guys. The 100th, out of the top 100, the 100th greatest guest. Now, I know you're a loyal listener. Um, Absolutely. Did you listen to last week's episode? Oh, yeah. Very good. Listen, so you, so you have your work cut out for you tonight. You know what? I went to Bridgewater last week, Mike Sappho. Eat your heart out. You're in, where are you? In, what country are you in right now? I went to I think Bridgewater, he's in Bosnia currently. Bosnia or... Uh, New Jersey last week. Where else was he going, Rob? Uh, Montenegro. He's either in one of those two countries, Bosnia or Montenegro. Jesus. Montenegro. God. It's a big <laughs> yeah. deal when I go back to Staten Island. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. So let's let's start things off now, okay? We got a... There's a lot of storylines to get into, and we'll spend some time with the Jets and Giants. As I said before, they both have the the two picks in the early portion of the first round. Um, we'll start things off with number one, and then we'll also get into the little bit of news that you said you had for us. But right off the bat, and this has been gaining steam the past couple of days, and that's Trayvon Walker um, right. kind of slowly becoming the consensus number one overall pick, and the betting markets are adjusting. He's Last I checked, he was up to a minus 220 favorite to go first overall. Uh, it seemed like Hutchinson was the end-all, be-all for a while now, and Trayvon Walker's starting to pick up steam. Why so late, and and what do you see in him that would lead you to believe that he's the guy for the Jaguars? I mean, I, you know what? It, it could all be smoke and mirrors. We don't know. I mean, I'm going to trust it right now because you really got to follow the Vegas lines this day and age the way it is because so many people – gambling on this on the draft now and it's really showing with the, with the odds and I think and I think even like experts and GMs and stuff are, follow, are, are paying attention to it too uh, I just think I think it's because uh, Balky the GM at the Jackson at for the Jaguars his second year with them I think he's going to be the guy I, I think the cons Tony Khan and Shad Khan have to just sit it out now they, I mean, they, they don't know anything about football. It's an embarrassment. I mean, especially bringing in Urban Meyer was the, was the, the icing on the cake. They need to sit back. And I think Balky, uh, his guy, his type of guy is is more so Walker with that, an in, incredible upside. His stats don't show it he, because he was on such a great team. But he, but the tape, you know, the, the tape when he's making big plays is, is undeniable. Aiden Hutchinson is a great player. Plays like his hair's on fire, comparable maybe to the Bosa brothers, if that's the top of the ceiling. But if you go back and watch that semifinal game, Cincinnati versus Michigan, Aiden Hutchinson was uh, – I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Georgia, versus, uh, Georgia versus Michigan. Aiden Hutchinson was invisible in that game. Now Trayvon Walker was played great in that game, and now he's practicing every, every day against the best – team in the country, you know, the best players in the country. And he's, so Balky gets to see that kind of footage. He gets to see the one-on-one drills that happen. He also gets to watch Aiden Hutchinson's tape. And I think Balky, who picked a guy very similar to, uh, to uh, Trayvon Walker in his first draft in 2011, Alden Smith when the, for the Niners. He's the same type of player as him. Big upside. I mean, Alden Smith had his problems. Walker doesn't have those, those personality issues. And I think that's where that, and that somehow that leaked, and now it's it's really it's really gaining steam. 
I think if they let Balky make the picks, do the football stuff, he's going to go with Trayvon Walker. Over but don't you State. think his, his production wasn't there at Georgia? The numbers weren't there as well. No, the, the no. numbers weren't there. No, They but, weren't there, but don't you think they're taking a big-time shot with the overall number one pick to take a shot on this guy producing and, and developing because he still has to develop his game? Don't right. you think they're taking a big time chance right in here with that number one definitely, overall? Definitely, pick? A, definitely a big chance. But look, the Jaguars—they can't go anywhere but up. They're at the bottom of the barrel. They're not going to compete for a couple of years. They got a lot of draft picks in this early on in this uh, in this draft that they could they could quickly get some weapons. They did. They they got some. You know, they made some big free agent moves. Christian Kirk, a few other guys. Um, I don't think they're ready to compete, but they're going to be better. And I think Trayvon Walker, I just think his upside is they feel it's much, much bigger than Hutchinson. I can't remember the last time. I can't remember the last time a defensive player. And obviously we've seen guys have like their meteoric rise because of a very good college season, like Joe Burrow a couple of years ago at LSU, obviously his stock rose through the roof because of that championship season. But I can't remember having a, a player have this much of a meteoric rise post combine and pro day on the defensive side since probably like Mario Williams. I mean, Trayvon Walker was not really in the discussion here for number one until very recently. And now, as I said, the betting markets have made him the, the odds on favorite here. And it almost seems as if this is like a lock. Oh yeah. I mean, the, the Vegas odds, if you go by the Vegas odds, it's, it's, it's basically a lock. And a a week ago, Hutchinson was minus three fifty or whatever it was minus four. And now, now it's Walker. But that leads me. That leads me. In, well, what we can say, Andrew. Say. Oh, I, w- I was just gonna go. I was gonna say, but if you have, if Walker does indeed go one, you'd have to think, and especially you had it down in your mock uh, so far too. Hutchinson, the guy with the high motor. I mean, a guy who is supposed to be number one. If he somehow slips to two, I mean, that'd be a hell of a pick for Dan Campbell in year two of trying to get that thing going you in the right direction. That, you now. would think that, but here's the breaking news that I have. Oh, baby. Second pick overall. Is going to be Kayvon Thibodeau, and I and listen. I thought it was. I thought it was. Uh, I don't. I don't believe it. Every, I went to Fanduel. They have the exact three order. Like you could pick the exact order of the first three guys. Every single bet you could do, except that one. You can't do it, the the top three that came out. Big, very, very reliable source. Someone close to the Texans, I think it was. Uh, it's Walker. Thibodeau and Derek Stingley. One, two, three. You can't even bet it on FanDuel. It's locked. Every other one is up. 10 to 1, so you're 21, saying, 40 you're to saying 1. Hutchinson, Hutchinson would be left for the Jets? Hutchinson, Hutchinson to the Jets could happen. And then I went on DraftKings. DraftKings, it's plus 250. It was That combo was probably 100 to 1 an hour ago, two hours ago. It's now down to plus 250. And I went to uh, MGM to check also. It's minus 125. It's the favorite now. All the, that's the top three. That's that's to three in a row. Usually those bets are 50 to one, 60 to one, 20 to one, 12 to one, whatever it is. That's what uh, apparently that's going to be the order tomorrow right now. Could be all smoke and mirrors and people are going to lose their, their shirts betting on it. If they what could, but the odds are all the way down now. It's crazy. So that could, that's going to leave. And I used to how I, I thought Hutchinson would be the perfect story going to, he, he was born in Plymouth, Michigan. He went to Michigan. He's a t- definitely a kind of guy that Dan Campbell loves. Plays with his hair on fire, pins his ears back, goes, you know, he's one of those do it, you know, play hard guys, plays hard every play, doesn't take a playoff. He's a grinder. You would think he'd be the guy 
for Dan Campbell because earlier in the week, uh, Thibodeau, they would talk that there was reports that Campbell was not enamored with him at all. But now this is what this is the story that's coming out. And Stingley too. Stingley was going to go was out of the both of them. Thibodeau and Stingley a week ago were out of the top ten. But you'll see what you know how you, you talked about it last week, Rob. My iPhone notes that I dropped down in there. I have I heard this like a week ago that they were going to be back in the top ten and possibly. It, you'll see it. I date them so you'll you know the listeners when they read the guide can see like the how this evolved over the last few days well, with, through my with, notes. With, with that third overall pick, wow! I mean, to take Derek Stingley Jr., who's missed more games with no, injuries I mean, than listen, he has than he has played. You're, again, yeah, it's another right. it's huge crazy. chance it's crazy. taking here. It's crazy. I understand it's... these guys are going to go through physicals and everything, but this kid has been injury prone. Really hasn't played oh, yeah. in two years. Yeah. I mean, for the most part. So you know, you're taking the shot with the third overall pick as opposed crazy. to taking Sauce Gardner if you really yeah, wanted I, the I, cornerback. Who's I, if, if it was me, probably a better prospect. Just... Yeah, you know how I do my mock. I try to do it. I try to figure out what they're going to do. If it was up to me, I'd take Sauce Gardner. The guy didn't give up a touchdown in his college career. He's unbelievable. Kids are incredible. But Stingley, if 2019 Stingley comes out, came out, he might be the first pick overall. He was that good. And then he's just since then, he hasn't played at all. He's been injured, COVID, all that stuff. So now they must have loved, you know, his, his pro day was off the charts, they said. So he's got the talent and, you know, another team, Houston, they're not going anywhere. And Lovey Smith's a big defensive guy. I think Stingley fits into his scheme better and cover two better than Sauce Gardner. I think that's another reason. Uh, so I think that's how it's going to right now. You saw my mock. I, I had, I, but if you saw it two days ago, I had, I, I thought they would take Icky Aquanu, Aquanu, Aquanu the, 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 the tackle out of North Carolina state at three, but, I mean, you know, Lovey Smith's a defensive guy, and it looks like it's going to be stingling now. That that gains a lot of steam the last two so, days. All right, so let's go on. So, you know, we're, we're looking at the Jets and Giants first. I want to go more in depth with the Jets and Giants because most of the people that do listen to us, obviously, they're the local teams, right. their favorite favorite teams. I know I'm, you know, I'm a Giant fan. You're a Giant fan. Andrew's a Steeler fan. He'll have to wait. Well, what was me? Sorry. But you got to say it correctly, though, Tommy is a fan of his pockets first and foremost. And then he's a Giants fan after that. <laughs> That's right. Oh, so you have, Tom you, you have the Jets. You have the Jets originally here taking Jermaine Johnson. If they have the yes. choice between Aiden Hutchinson and Jermaine Johnson, do the Jets bypass themselves Hutchinson as well? Or do I, they take I Jermaine they Johnson? Go. I, well, I mean, another guy that's rising up the board, but I think Jermaine, I think the Jets were going to take Jermaine Johnson thinking that Hutchinson and Walker were gone already. So I think they would take Hutchinson at four now. If they, if it plays out like Vegas is saying right now with Walker, then uh, Walker, Thibodeau, Stingley, I think the Jets would go Hutchinson. I think they would do that. He'd be loved. I mean, people would love that. The Jet fans would go crazy. They, now, they is, want, is there, I would think, happens. I would think that there might be a chance as well that Thibodeau might've been their guy. And if Thibodeau goes too. And then all of a sudden, Hutchinson, who was a consensus one at one point, the Jets might be able to move back and get a haul for that pick. If all of a sudden the guy who was supposed to go one is still sitting there at four, you may get a desperate team that's looking to move up to grab him. And the Jets might be able to stockpile even more capital because let's face it, too. I mean, yes, they are in need of a pass rusher, but if a healthy Carl Lawson comes back, 
that defense is exponentially better than it was last year right off the bat, even without drafting another pass rusher. So there's a lot of options right. for them. There's a lot of who options for them. Who, but who would who would trade up? You think for a defensive for an edge? Well, that's what I was looking at. I don't think I don't. Yeah, I don't think anybody would. I really don't think you're going to see no. that that sort of market formulate. Now you have just going back real quick to the Lions and Thibodeau. Right. You know, Thibodeau's been a guy, yeah, all world talent, but he his his passion for the game has been questioned. How much he truly loves the game. Yeah. I mean, I've seen interviews. He's doing his best, like maybe it's his best Eddie Haskell act. Me and Rob know who Eddie Haskell is. Yeah. to Beaver. But uh, I don't like he, every interview I saw him on TV, I, I'm impressed by what he's saying. He's confident. He, you know, he's, he's, he'll, he says he'll, he'll be happy wherever he goes. Who knows? It might, it might have come off as cocky to some people and it rubbed people the wrong way. I don't know. But his play on the field reminds me. Rob, a long time ago, remember Big da- Big Daddy Dan Wilkinson? He was good. He was this guy was an all world talent. You know what I mean? Physically, did everything at the combine. I think not. When did he go? Ninety four, I think maybe. And he had a good career, but he, in his, throughout his high school, college, and pro, he was a guy that disappeared when the ta- when the talent level was low. When they played a crappy team, he took plays off. Always rose to the occasion. Sounds exactly like Thibodeau. Thibodeau is a guy that plays big in big games, but but takes plays off. Like if, you know, when Oregon played in Ohio State or somebody, he makes the big plays. But when he's playing against Arizona State or whatever, he takes plays off. That That's not going to fly in the NFL. NFL, you got to play every play. You can't be taking plays off. Okay, so you so you definitely have the Jets taking uh, Aiden Hutchinson if this is the scenario here. As you were I talking, think, I would think the Jets and, fans I and think now, the Jets would jump at that. I think now, uh, Joe Douglas would love it. Obviously, the Giants would have their choice of of whatever offensive tackle yeah. they want. Well, you're hearing listen. you're hearing Charles Cross is their favorite. You don't know again blowing smoke up people's asses. Could be, Who knows? Could be smoke. Evan Neal, uh, Iquanu is going to be there. The Giants will have yeah. a choice of three of those guys, and you have them here taking Evan Neal. What what Rob, did, what separates okay. him from Iquanu at this point? Well. I, I think they're both kind of versatile, versatile, but Evan Neal is the most versatile player by far. This guy started off as a guard in his freshman year. So, sophomore year went to right tackle, excel, excelled at both, and then went to left tackle and was dominant. I love. I mean, that's unbelievable. He's used, 6'7", 337, just monstrous. He out, he's, he's three inches bigger and 40 pounds heavier than Aquano, but, he, he, you know, his uh, – his 40 was – I don't know if he ran the 40, but Aquano ran a, ran a sub-540, uh, which is pretty pretty impressive for a guy that big. Not a, not Jordan Davis. We'll talk about him later on how unbelievable he is. But um, I just think – I, I think Neil is more versatile, and I think, you know, he's a – I think all three are plugs in play, guys. Aquano, Cross, and Neil. I think you can't go wrong. It's really similar, Rob, right, to 2020 when Gettleman was sitting there with – Works and uh and Thomas and and he had the pick of the litter and Beckton and Becton and, yeah. and, and he took Thomas who's probably worked probably turned into the second maybe third best I mean I you know you can't really he's got tell. he got better Thomas he got, got better, better. Uh, first year oh, was oh, a disaster yeah well he had the ankle injuries and stuff so but he got better but you know I also uh, you know all right so you have them taking Evan Neal probably they're not going to move. Uh, Evan Neal is my move, number one guy in the big right. board. On my big board, he's number one. I, okay. I, I, that'll be in the thing. He's my number one guy in the whole draft. I love the guy. I love his versatility. He's big. Um, 
and I, I and Aquanu's right there. It's not if they get Aquanu over over Neil, I'm not going to be upset about it. Cross tails off a little bit, so I I think it would, I think the Giants, if they're staring at all three, they got to choose between Aquanu and Neil if that's where they're going to go. I I would be disappointed, a little disappointed if it's Cross. But and then one one question player. one question I got from a loyal listener, my buddy Mike uh-uh. Scavetta. Great okay. guys. He listens to us every single podcast and right. just real, real. I, I forgot the last two episodes. I've been promising him. I was just going to give his son a shout out to John Scott, John Scavetta. They won the, uh, the suffering Mounties won the uh, state hockey championship, oh, which nice. is actually was a big deal. He showed me the rings that they got. It was like world class. I was like, Jesus. So congratulations right. to those kids and everything. It, it's uh, it was the high school division. So congratulations to them on that. But his question is, now, I, obviously, the Panthers pick at six. We'll get back to them. But while we're on the Giants, what are the right. odds of the Giants possibly trading out of that seven, trading down, and taking uh, Tylen Lindebaum, the center for Iowa, supposed to be one of the greatest centers ever? Yeah, I mean, you that's know, the, they it, say it, that. I mean, that's what they say. Like, what would the Giants, Giants' chances of maybe doing something like that? It could happen. It depends how desperate a team is. Because, first of all, for that to happen – Someone either is going to be fell, either fell in love with one of the quarterbacks and is going to try to trade up because, and it's going to have to come from someone like Pittsburgh at 20 or the Saints at like 18, something like that, to get to seven. They're going to have to give up a lot. The, but, and the Giants, and I wouldn't be surprised because I, I, Joe Shane likes to trade back. He's one of those guys that, that doesn't mind co- going back. And, and if the Giants, even though if you see the mock, what I did in the second round with the Giants, if they don't think a quarterback that could replace Daniel Jones is in this draft, they might trade back to try to get more capital for next year because the quarterback class is supposedly better, even though I don't know. I, I'm not so sure about that yet. But about Tyler Lindebaum, one thing about him, he has small, he has very short arms, which is not good for offensive linemen. That and was the problem two- with Eric Flowers. Yeah, and he's only 295 pounds for a center. That's right. small. He's got to gain some but, weight. Yeah, he's got to get – and he has no bend. He's got to – he's he, – he, uh, listen, if they trade back to like 15 and get him, that's not bad. Or 15 or over the Chargers. You, you think they would go that Steelers far back? Andrew, you think the you think the Rangers – because I got the Rangers on the TV. <laughs> you think the Giants would want to go that far back to mid-15? I mean, you'd have to give up a hell of a lot more draft capital for the Giants to go mid fifteen, no, they would get they would get next year. They would get this year's first, next well, year's and first, they would get next year's first. Pick. But again, yeah, you got to look at who that team's going to be. You got to make sure that team's going to suck next year, because yeah, right, you know exactly. if you're if you're going to get that sort of draft capital to try and get more capital for next year for that possible uh, better quarterback class, well, then you got to right. get something that's going to uh, equate to a top ten pick, top twelve pick at worst. So I mean, you, know, what, you what don't do you want to go look at that roster. What do you think? You think? And then you look at who they're playing this year. I, I, I think they win five games. I don't see too many wins on the schedule. No, neither Even do it's I. It's way too early. It's way too early. Neither do but I, but I'm I, saying the team, you gotta, the team you're oh, trading oh. with to acquire that extra first-round pick for next year, oh, you got to right, make right, sure right, they're right. not good enough to the point where they're going to be picking 17, 18, yeah, 19. But, but if you package, you know, if, say the Giants finish fifth. Say, say they're the fifth-worst team in the league. They have the five pick. They have the fifteen. If they package that, the five and the 15, and, and then next year's one, they'll get the number one pick if, they, if that's what they want to do. And again, you know, we, we all talk about the Giants, Andrew. We've talked about this. The Giants possibly getting that quarterback next year. 
There's no guarantees to get that quarterback next year. And this is going to lead me to my next question here. There's no guarantees because what if the teams in front of them need quarterbacks? What if the Giants don't finish with the worst record? They finish with the fifth worst, but yet they got the Lions and they got the – uh, maybe the Panthers don't take a quarterback and maybe the Falcons don't take one. And they got teams like that in front of them picking. Right. Now the Giants are not are not going to be able to get that quarterback. And nobody's going to take the Giants package to move up. They're not going to want to give up on one of the better quarterbacks in the draft class. Right. Leads me to this question. Andrew, but, Tommy, I'm going to ask Rob, the both of you. But Rob, what one if, thing. Go ahead. One thing. There's a lot better. There's a lot more depth in court at big time quarterbacks could be next year. There's at least five that are better. That right now everyone thinks and, and looks like it are going to be better than anyone in this right. draft. But so, the problem but we'll is that's not we're not guaranteed with that. So now here's the question, boys. Right, right. At five or even at seven, if yeah. they feel like they like Malika Willis a lot, he seems to be not. I'm not going to say he's Josh Allen, but of that mold, small division school, uh, very mobile, big time, um, strong kid. Yeah. You know, he, he needs some – he's a work in project, progress like Josh Allen was. Let's face it. Josh Allen was is at 52% completion rate his first yeah. couple of years. He came into his own this year, obviously. Been a terrific. He's a top five quarterback, top seven quarterback. If Malik Willis is there, what are the odds of the Giants going in that direction? It's I think, they'd be, I think they'd be silly not to. Yeah, we've talked about it's that before. They'd be silly not to. It's all about conviction. And when you have a new regime, right. you trust them. I yeah. mean, if they don't feel like the quarterback is on that roster, which they'd be in lockstep with the majority of the Giants fan base, I don't think there's too many of them. There's obviously probably some who are blind, but I'd say the overwhelming majority of the Giants fan base doesn't want anything to do with Daniel Jones past this season. So if the new regime feels that strongly about their quarterback, you know what? It's not like you're wasting your one prime lottery pick on this guy. You do have two of them. So you could take the quarterback if you love him that much and still get the high-impact player. Like you said a couple weeks ago, Rob, Wink Martindale's defense, cornerbacks are kind of left on their island. If Stingley is the guy that goes first off the board and Ahmad Gardner's sitting there staring you in the face, you could take him and then take the quarterback as well. And there, all of a sudden, you got a high-impact player on, on defense that can help your team instantly. And you also got your quarterback of the future if the regime – thinks that highly of him so I think why not I think they'd be silly not to if they're truly that high on him it doesn't even have to be Willis too if it's Pickett like I said it's a new regime and you have to trust them they have the keys to the Porsche and you got to let them drive it at this point because the old regime did nothing but sit you back I would yeah, have to think of yeah. I'd have to think it would be Willis before Pickett if the Giants decided to go that route only because of those 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 comparisons to Josh Allen you know again well, and, with yeah. the, and with the Dable connection to Josh and, Allen right right Right, I see. I could see that. If you, yeah, if you, if if the Giants are in love with a quarterback, they have to, they have to take it at five and seven. That what at that position, you, it doesn't matter what people, what the experts say. It's, it, they can, you know, <clears throat> most of the experts don't have a first round grade on any of these quarterbacks. If Dable and Shane love one of these quarterbacks, take them at five and seven, just like they did with Daniel Jones. It was a mistake, but they, but Gettleman did it. Right, and, and that's a, and that's a good point. around with the quarterback position. That's a good point about the experts because the Steelers have said publicly before that they themselves had a first-round grade on Mason Rudolph. Obviously, they were way off base with that assessment, but it just proves that these front offices have different grades on these players than everything you're hearing. doesn't oh, matter what Kyber yeah, McShay and Bucky Brooks and all these guys say. Ultimately, the front offices have their own grading scale and see things 
that the naked eye doesn't see. So just because they don't have, you know, just because Mel Kuyper doesn't think that this QB crop is strong, these front offices can feel a lot differently about it. Now, now, Rob, I don't know if you want to wait or talk about what I did with the Giants in round two. I don't know if you saw it. I, I did see it. With, you did have them taking Desmond Ritter, the quarterback who is, who from is, Cincinnati. Who fits now, the scheme. Who fits the, 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 the old Bill scheme of running quarterback. Right. To, and I was going to ask you He's, about that pick because while we'll stay on the Giants and then we'll move off of them, go to the Panthers and it will, we'll go to the Jets uh, or, or we'll go to, the, um, to the, uh, the Falcons, Seahawks, and then round it out with the Jets in the top ten. The thing right. with Ritter is, again, big arm somewhat mobile, but the one knock on him has been, if you read the scouting reports, is he up to the NFL speed level? And right. who do we have that problem with? And that's yeah. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, exactly. exactly. You know, and again, can guys get taught to speed up with the NFL speed itself? Can that be taught? You know what I mean? It's a lot hard, of it's times, hard to it's, say. It's, hard, it's to say. hard to say. And I hate to read a scouting report on a kid where that's the – that's his one weakness. The one well, thing, the one you're thing taking a, you're taking a us. shot in the dark when guy when when the knock is their inability to pick up with the speed of the game. That's why you're taking a shot in the dark because that cannot be taught. It could be acquired by the player himself, but that can't right. be taught. So you're just kind of right. banking on the fact that the kid is going to grow on his own, and that's a dangerous move to make. Right. It's a danger. Exactly. It's a dangerous move to make. It, it really, really is. So, uh, you know. Giants are in an interesting position here, but all right, let's go on to the Panthers. You have them taking Iquanu here, um, and from all accounts, he'd be available for them here. Do they pass up on the quarterback, you think, Tommy? Because I tell you, one interesting tidbit came out today, which seemed a little bizarre that they said that they weren't going to go after Jimmy G because they don't think he's any much better than Sam Donald, which to me is just an outrageous statement. And I'm not, it's, I'm not stating the fact that Jimmy G is great. It's more for the fact that Sam Donald absolutely sucks. And yeah. Jimmy G, from all accounts, is a massive upgrade over Sam I, Donald. I agree with that. I'm a, I'm a big Jimmy G fan. I like Jimmy G a lot. I think he's a winner. You know, he gets a bad rap. He takes way too much blame for that team. I mean, listen, he's not Joe Montana, but he's a good quarterback, and he's a winner, and he makes plays when they need him to. I mean, the guy makes the playoffs every time he's, he's healthy. Like I, I'm still dumbfounded, but but it, they took Trey Lance last year. Whatever, he's still uh, Trey Lance is not going to be ready this year. He he's not going to be ready. No. I think I think in the I you know I think Jimmy G. I think they stick around with him one more year. Why rush it? They don't need to. They don't need to move him. They, I mean, well, they got to move him because if he's not going to play, you got to move him. But if you're going to play him one more year, if Lance isn't ready, you keep him and and make another playoff run. Because, I mean, you can't keep him on the bench. He's making $25 million. You know, you got to do something. No, listen, if they went at the Jimmy G, they'd have $40 million wrapped up, $50 million wrapped up in two quarterbacks. The yeah. Panthers. So here's, here's you one thing I wrote in my notes, Rob, about, about Donald. It means nothing. But, he's, but he was 3-0 and and looking fantastic. And then McCaffrey went down and the team, that was it. They, he employed right. Chuba Hubbard. I like Chuba Hubbard. As a, as a change of pace back, he cannot carry a football team like Tristan McCaffrey. Let's see, with McCaffrey back, maybe they think, maybe that's the, the Panthers' mindset, is McCaffrey's back, let's give him one more chance. Matt Rule is, I mean, if he takes a quarterback, he's not going to be around to see the quarterback because, you know, he's going to be fired more than likely. He's going to be fired, and whoever he takes is not going to be starting this year anyway. He's not going to be ready. 
Now you so, have the Giants at seven after after the Panthers taking Iquano here, the offensive tackle, and they do need an offensive line there. Uh, you oh, have yeah. them. You have the Giants taking Sauce Gardner, who to me is probably the it. best cornerback in this draft. As much as I would love it, you got Stingley, you know, with the Texans, but he he fits the scheme of Wink Martindale. You know, I, it, people will look and say, "Oh, they're not going to take the edge rusher," but if if they look at at, at Martindale's history, he you know they don't have world class edge rushes. He produces them with his right. system. He produces right. guys like that with his system. So cornerbacks are more important in his system because they're kind of left on an island because right. he blitzes all day long, which it goes right to my heart. I love it. So yeah. cornerbacks are left on an island, and Sauce Gardner would be the pick here. I think that would be a tremendous pick for yeah. the Giants here. I took. They don't trade back. Yeah, I told you. I, I, I wrote it in my notes. I couldn't. I, what a stat! He did not give up a touchdown in his college career. An, an incredible stat. Yeah, that's so it, I would, that's lo- I would love stat. to have Sauce Gardner. I love it. First, I, first of all, I love the nickname, and I, he's just he's just a, he's a big kid. He, you know, I've seen I've seen pro- comparisons to Richard Sherman. I'll take Richard Sherman in his prime. Oh, you kidding me? All day long, you know. And that's so, a Hall of Fame cornerback. Yeah, well, you, right you, see, you see a number of clips with Sauce Gardner, too, when you watch his tape. You see a number of clips, not only of him be, playing well in press coverage, but also him hauling ass to the opposite side of the field to make tackles. So yeah. the, there's no question about the efforts. Going back to the discussion about Thibodeau before, there's questions about his motor and taking plays off and things like that. You don't have to worry about that with Gardner because most of his highlights are him running from the, the complete opposite side of the field to race down a guy who had nothing but green in front of him. So the effort is there, the speed is there, the want is there, and the talent is there. So you're probably you know, walking you, away with one of the most high-impact players in the draft, whoever ends up selecting him. Yeah, you, you look, and, and at this point right now, the Giants would need the Falcons – or the Seahawks at this point, maybe even Washington for that matter, possibly Minnesota, because who knows? I guess Cousins is going to be there again next year. But, you know, possibly the Saints moving up to that seven spot. You got to look right. to see who needs that quarterback. At that point, the Giants would need kind of a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a battle here between three or four teams looking to move up to that seven spot. Because right. if it's just, if it's just the Falcons, then, you know, it's a sense. They know the Giants aren't going to take quarterback at I, that I, point. I, probably. I, 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 I honestly I hope they stay there because my, my big board doesn't mean – it doesn't mean anything. But as a Giant fan, Neil is number one on my big board. Sauce Garden is number three on my big board. Imagine they get those two guys. That's unbelievable, getting them at five and seven. I think that's tremendous. Well, listen, that, that's going to improve their roster tremendously. Their roster talent. Absolutely tremendously if everything works out and these guys stay healthy. You know, so let's go on to eight over here. And you have the Falcons taking Garrett Wilson, a wide receiver. Why a wide receiver to me? You know, I understand the whole situation with Calvin Ridley, who probably will be back next year. I have to think. Uh, They do have um, uh, uh, Russell Gage that's there. Uh, exactly. You know, that, they, they Rob, don't have that, the Rob, they don't have the why. quarterback. I know, that's why. but they don't Russell have the Gage quarterback. Russell Gage is their number one wide receiver, right? But they don't have that quarterback to get Garrett Wilson the ball. Mariota 
is not a downfield thrower. We know that. He's Russell Russell a, Gage isn't even on the Falcons anymore. He oh, he the went Bucks. to Tampa. He, yeah, he, he, went to Tampa. he went to Tampa. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. So their number one receiver is Zacchaeus, who who shows some, you know, right, he shows, shows a couple some, right. good, good well, but, he's, gonna, but he's not a he's not a number one. And right? isn't Quadrial is Quadri Allison still there too? Isn't Allison still there? They, I mean, their he might still be there, but is a they it's a mess. They need some kind of weapon. You put him in pits, you got something something going on. At least, Wait. you know, at least Mariota could get out of the pocket and make a play. This kid runs great routes. I mean, Mariota might be able to get him the ball. I mean, I, I just but think. You, you would think they would bypass a guy like Kyle Hamilton on defense, who's considered maybe the best defensive player in this in this draft. A Number best two on my big player. Board, yeah, so you would think the Falcons would pass up on a guy like Kyle Hamilton to take a wide receiver that well, they don't even have a quarterback to get him the ball? You think you know that it is? it's you know what it's not it, I just think I you know how this you know how this mock goes it's information gathering I've I've just seen a lot that says they're going to go wide receiver here it could even be Jamison Williams because he's not going to play for the first month and that then they could have you know the Falcons aren't going anywhere they can afford to pick a guy like Jamison Williams who's going to be who I truly feel if he didn't get hurt in that championship game Alabama wins that game because that kid is that dominant and he he was gone. He was gone for a touchdown. Right. He, he, that changed the whole game. And then he got, when he got hurt on the play, it was over. They, the air was taken out of their sails, and that was it for them. But, to, I mean, I just look at that wide receiving core for the Falcons right now, and I know what you're saying because they don't have much anywhere. The defense is horrendous, too. Well, what are the odds that they trade, the what are the odds they trade Calvin Jesus. Ridley? What are the odds they trade Calvin Ridley at this point? You think they know, keep I, him? I mean, Who wants him? <sighs> Who would want him? I, I don't know. The guy uh, took know, a year that took time off from mental problems. Some, and then, somebody's then he gets always gambling. Somebody, gonna, somebody always wants him. If they, you know, you, you never know. He's still somebody, young. Yeah, yeah, wants, but not 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 giving up assets know. though. Well, if they would have cut him. Someone would probably know. scoop him up for nothing. You get in an old world town. Listen, maybe they look into him. I'll say maybe, this: the the Jets need a receiver at number ten. And what from what you read, it would kind of. The best fit for the Jets would be London, and we'll get into that. But the best fit would be London because a lot of scouts think that Garrett Wilson's skill set kind of mirrors Elijah Moore a little bit, and that's why they don't think it would be the wisest decision to kind of pair both of them because it would be like two with similar receivers. Think about Marcus Mariota, an offense manned by him. That's the type of skill set that can fit. You don't have to air the ball out 50 yards down the field. It's not the big physical downfield receivers that are going to get the job done. I mean, you guys remember Rashard Matthews. That guy was supposed to be the biggest thing since sliced bread. Marcus Mariota couldn't get the ball down the field to him. That's not the type of receiver that fits in his system. Wilson, the kind of fast, intermediate route runner, paired with the fact that they have no one else. Who would you say was their number one receiver, Tommy? Demir Bird. Demir Bird and Zacchaeus. I'm, yeah, I'm I mean, Zacchaeus. Well, he's, he's compared, Orton, Orton, Wilson's compared to a CD Lamb. Squad every week. He's compared to CD Lamb, Garrett Wilson. That's his NFL comparison. Well, and let me say not, this, That's Rob. not a terrible comparison. Rob, how about what? What We don't know. But what if Baker Mayfield gets traded to the Falcons Thursday? It could happen. He's going to get traded to one of these teams in, at 8, 9, 10. I'm, he's going to one of these teams. The Browns can't keep him on the, t- on the roster. They, I, you can't. Yeah, well, they signed I know. Brissett I, too. So Brissett yeah, is going to be the backup. Yeah, right? yeah. Let yeah, Brissett start for eight games, and or if Watson comes back, who knows if Watson comes back? And, but again, he's what, two and what a half they, years out now. What are they but, get? What are they gonna? What's the team gonna give up for Mayfield? A sixth round pick? I that's what I mean. Yeah. Well, so who, Falcons, who cares? Yeah, that's if what Browns I'm are gonna take if it. The, what, what good is keeping if the, Mayfields? If the Falcons if the Falcons give up a sixth round pick on Thursday, and then now they have Mayfield, 
you, you damn you damn skippy i would take garrett wilson i don't think now they're gonna got, i don't know? think they'd be i think if any team would give up anything for him it would be the seahawks i don't see the panthers doing it and i don't see the falcons even doing it because i think the falcons look a, at mariota and think that all right he's a better leader he's a better guy in the locker room he's more mature and i think they'd rather have a guy like that around than a guy like baker mayfield the seahawks you know, with Pete Carroll there, they got some experience. They got some leadership there. I, I think I could see Mayfield being a fit there more than anywhere else, to be honest with you. Otherwise, see, I, th- I don't I know where he's going. The more and more I think about yeah. it, I think Seattle's probably the worst fit for him just because of the teams in that division. Those ah, defenses yeah. would eat him up, and it wouldn't be an advantageous spot. Maybe so, but he's a one-year stopgap. That's all he's going to be, Andrew. He's only going to be a one-year guy there. That's it. They're not picking up his fifth-year option. They're not. They're just not. He's going to be a free agent at the end of this year anyway. They're not tagging him unless he has some sort of tremendous year. If anything, he'd just be, I mean, maybe a little bit better than Drew Locke at this point right now. That's about it. Mayfield needs to do what Trubisky did, what Jameis Winston did. Go be a backup somewhere. Go be a backup for a year in a good system. Hopefully for him in a good system, get coached up a a little better, get some maturity, look good in practice. Get some film that way, look good in preseason, and then maybe you get a con- – like Trubisky and Winston did. Maybe you get a contract somewhere. It so could now, my, now my question is here. <clears throat> you have the Seahawks taking Thibodeau, but from all accounts, you're saying that the Lions look like they might be locked into Thibodeau. Where, where, it, do, you, where, where do you change this I would, I would say I would go if, – if it, if it plays out – I like how we're doing a live thing right here. It's pretty good. If it plays out with that first three, which now I'm looking at, at – um, at FanDuel, it's seven to one. It's now it's back to seven to one. So that could have been all smokescreen. Even though seven to one is all right, very, so let's go hypo- hypothetical. We're going hypothetical. Tipido yeah, goes the, to for, the line. That combo seven to one is still the big favorite. That's because it's those those are usually like twenty one. So let's say it still goes that way. And and we're at this point. I would think they would go Jermaine Johnson. Okay, so that was the guy you yeah. originally had the Jets take. Yeah. Florida right. State defensive lineman. Okay, who is okay. he's cl- he's another guy flying up. And how crazy is this? That guy, Jermaine Johnson, was on Georgia in 2020, right? And then he left because he, he left wasn't going to get Florida any playing State. time, and right. goes and wins ACC Player of the Year, and it's looked unbelievable doing it. That and that's just crazy. That just tells you how great Georgia was. Georgia was unbelievable. And before I forget, I know we we answered this question, but I do want to give him a shout-out because he did send the question in. We kind of answered it before we even got to the questions. But Richard Murphy had sent in a question oh, if, he's, if you Murphy, saw the Giants trading down uh, to gain assets for next year to get their replacement for Daniel Jones. And we had kind of answered that in conversation, but I didn't want him to right. feel like we just ignored his question. No. So we, we, we were thinking Rich. about yeah, you. Yeah, we yeah, were buddy. thinking about you, and we kind of inadvertently answered it before we got to it. But I hope that cleared it up for you. Rich, another big Giant fan. Great guy. Love him. See, one thing about one thing about Rich, though, and full transparency, we don't pull any punches. He <laughs> said he said straight up like, you know, a couple guys love listening to the podcast. A couple guys. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Rob. Hey, Tommy. Big fan. of You got right. Richard just emails in and just lets us know how he feels. This question is for Tommy. So not he doesn't even care right. what me and Rob have to say. He just I want Tommy. It's my guy. That's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> But all right, we'll, we'll move we'll move down the list here. And uh, you obviously have the Jets taking a receiver at ten, and Oof, the, yeah. the big reports, you know, the the chalky think, wide receiver when, that everyone. When did, is, when did they expect him back, Jameson Williams? Mid. He might mid, be. Uh, no, no, he might be back. He's on. He's ahead of schedule. He might be back 
October, like in October. He's already not, running. He's know, already running. I, look, he's already this, doing running drills. This pick to me, Andrew, makes sense. I think. Well, for the I mean, from because- from what you hear, and obviously Alabama is one of the the teams that many. Uh, you know, fair weather college football fans watch the most because they're always on primetime right. TV, always making a college football playoff run. And from everything you read, had Williams not gotten hurt, he'd probably be 1A or 1B as far as the top wide receivers in this class. The injury is the only thing that's kind of causing a question mark with this kid. True. Let me tell you, true. If he w- if he was if he didn't get hurt, he might have went first overall. That's how good he is. Yeah. That's how good that, he is. that good. Yeah. That good. I, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a shocker if he went first. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? That's what okay, I'm saying. Okay, so so here's a, a question for you because I know you're always big scouts with the Alabama guys. You let us know yeah. that Tua was not the guy. You put us on to Mac Jones a year before everyone else got familiar with him. You let everybody know that Jalen Waddle was a Tyreek Hill and it wasn't Henry Ruggs. Like you're tuned in with right. these Alabama crop. As far as all these guys that have come out recently, Judy and Ruggs and all these guys, where yeah. do you think Williams' skill set? ranks in with all those guys that have come out recently. I think he's, I think he's better than Waddle and, and Jude. And, and Devontae Smith, the other one that's, his name is I would put Smith too. I'd probably put Smith too, but I would say Jameson Williams could be the best out of the bunch. Wow. He's, he's a burner. He's so fast. Get fancy listening. It would be a, it would be a great spot for him, but he well, might go. The Falcons look, might grab him at eight. I wouldn't expect a lot out of him for this season, to be honest. No, but with you. no, but you, that, but you know, you, you got a young kid that then they they're in love with Zach Wilson. He looked pretty good the last few games. I'm still not sold on him. The Jets aren't winning games this year anyway, but that's another weapon he can have down the road. Well, you down the road, I mean? and that's what makes sense. And listen, the Jets did a few good things in in. Uh, in in free agency, they, they did. Know, I like picking a up lot the of tight, picking up the tight ends Azuma, and CJ yeah. Azuma, and you know they have Corey Davis coming back, who isn't great, but he's a veteran receiver. Um, right, and, and they have Elijah Moore if he could stay healthy. The guy kind of acquitted himself pretty well. Uh, and Berrios um, is turning season. into a stud. Braxton Berrios has turned into a, a slot receiver. You know, uh, of of you know a lesser Julian Edelman, West Walker type. Right, he's right. pretty. He's been pretty good. A Cole Beasley type. Something like yeah. that. So, you know, there's some weapons there. Michael Carter kind of distinguished himself well uh, as a running Good back running in his back. rookie yeah. season. Good running back there. So they have some pieces in place. Their offensive line wasn't terrible last year. You know, if if maybe at four they go offensive line to Jets, they solidify the offensive line. Instead of going defense there with Aiden Hutchinson, who knows what they right. might do. It all depends upon what they see in Becton. You know, you don't know with this guy with his weight issue. So, so yeah. you have the Seahawks then going uh, Jermaine Johnson, which makes sense. Jets with Jamison Williams. Now I have a question, and I know Andrew will like this question. <laughs> it comes comes from my nephew Dean, that little punk. <laughs> Is he a Steeler fan <laughs> and, like his dad? Oh, uh, he's a diehard Steeler fan, like okay. Andrew, like Jamie, his father, <laughs> and my brother-in-law. Yeah. So he wants to know if Malik Willis is available at the 10 to 12 pick. Do you think the Steelers will move up ahead of the Saints or other teams looking for a quarterback or stay put at 20 and pick the best available player? If they want Willis, they might have to go get him because there's teams ahead of there's the Saints. I mean, there's the Saints right there that could that could go down. You know what I mean? They might have to trade down and, and try to make a move. If they're in love with him that much, you got to do it. Well, I think you know? that Dean is onto something, though, because that approach – is you look at this roster, right? They obviously signed Trubisky, but you look at the roster from top to bottom. 
there's no holes where they have to draft from a positional need in the first round. So if they did stay put at 20 and the quarterback is off the board, they can go with a best player approach. So it just comes down to how much they love the quarterback. Drew, I heard this and you could, you would know better than I would. Tomlin's drafting philosophy is he doesn't do well. That just, and I, I think Lombardi said it today, which I, I, not that I, not that he's perfect, but I, I believe a lot that Mike Lombardi says he's very he's in tune with everything. Uh, he said the, Tomlin said he doesn't do mocks. And you, they used to like mock up everything, try to guess what teams are going to do. They, he doesn't do that anymore. He takes 20 guys, his top 20 guys on his board, puts him, puts him in front, crosses them off as they go along. Whoever's left, that's who he takes. See, that could be true because I know as a Steelers fan, and, and until you came along, because you've correctly predicted their picks two years in a row now. But <laughs> oh, yeah. In and the, then, you in know, the past... I just want to say something about this, and I want to get this out of the way Uh-oh. now because it's bothering the shit out of me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You, know, you know, listen, I'm part of this podcast. You know, you don't have to kiss his ass every single draft and give him every player that Andrew wants. Great God. Clay Poole. Who was the other guy that you, that you gave him too? <laughs> Najee last year. Najee, uh, Najee, Najee last year. Well, well, to, be, to be fair, to be run. fair, I don't want to dismiss fair. Tommy's ability, fair but nothing. everybody Rob. and their mother had Najee Harris going to the Steelers. That wasn't I, like Tommy speaking I, that into I, existence. Rob, doesn't, Rob, it doesn't Andrew, even matter. I, I gave what Andrew wants, Andrew gets. And tell him who you picked. Tell me who you gave the Steelers at 20, Tommy. Oh, Malik Willis without having Come even on, a trade up. Let me, let me throw Andrew a bone because he puts me on the podcast with my mock <laughs> draft all the time. Bullshit. <laughs> I ain't standing for this anymore. <laughs> so on. now let's let's continue. Washington He's Commanders. <laughs> you know I don't do trades in the mock. I, I don't do trades in the mock. Well, what I, what I was going to say before to you, Tommy, was that, that Lombardi's point about Tomlin could very well be true because as a fan, like, I read all the mocks looking at what the Steelers are going to take. And I feel like besides the past two years, and Claypool, that really doesn't even count because that was the year they didn't have the first-round pick as they traded it away from Minka Fitzpatrick. They took Claypool in the second because they right. didn't have a first that year. And last year they took Najee, but that was just a foregone conclusion. All the years before then, it just seems like their first-round pick seems to be completely out of left field. Like, on everybody's, all the people, the, the, the well-known people, the Kuypers, McShays of the world, they all had, like, T.J. Watt as, like, 40 to 45 on their big board. When they selected Terrell Edmonds out of Virginia Tech, Terrell Edmonds had a mid-second round grade on him, and they took right. him with the 23rd or 24th pick, whatever it was. So they do kind of come out of left field with these picks. Uh, they did it with Artie Burns. I yeah. thought that – I thought – thank God they didn't. Not like it mattered because they both ended up sucking, but I – was under the impression they were going to take Eli Apple. And Eli Apple was was on the board for them. And right. they took Artie Burns out of Miami, who was another yeah, guy I'm that so, had a I'm sorry, I started the great Pittsburgh steel discussion. I, I, wish they, I wish they would have took Eli <laughs> But yeah, they picked him out of left field, so maybe he does have his not, own little list. Let's not go off the rails yeah. over here. Let's get back to Washington, who you have, who you say is the second-best player on the board, or second-best yeah. defensive player so, on the board. Second-best player overall. Second-best player overall. It's yeah, Kyle I, I, Hamilton, yeah. the safety out of Notre Dame. The problem is, the problem with him is the, you, uh, these NFL teams don't like safeties because they don't know what they could do with them. I, that guy can play anything. He could play linebacker. He play quarter, cornerback. He's like like when I, we were talking about Isaiah Simmons two years ago. He's a guy like that. I mean, they, they always show the play against Florida State where he goes corner, you know, sideline to sideline to make that tackle. That kid is he's just humble. I think he's the best play, defensive player in. Uh, 
you know, in the right up there, one, one, two. It's been it, said by it's know. been said by all the all the analysts. You know, you're not going off base there, Tommy. Yeah, you're not going it's, off base. So and the only he, reason he's not going to go in the top five is because they teams just don't know what to do with safeties anymore, which I find just insane. Like you, you, you have a great player, you can figure out what to do with. Well, you got coach. him out of the top ten actually right now. Yeah, I, I, you know, I could see him going sixth, fifth, sixth to you know either the Jets uh, four, Giants five, six. Not probably not six, but or I could see him falling out of the top ten. It's just it's it's such a this draft is so unpredictable. It's crazy. It's going to be one of the wildest, and they need that because without the quarterback juice that usually you get from these drafts, they're going to need unpredictability, and that's going to help them. That's going to help the show tomorrow night because it's going to be very unpredictable okay so you have uh you have at net you have next an interesting pick here and that's a yet another georgia player here going in the in in the in the top of the uh, draft minnesota vikings taking uh linebacker nicole dean who's a little slight of frame but right you know he's probably got to maybe put a little weight on but he's got tremendous athletic abilities where's the fit here with the vikings I just think that they need some depth up the middle. The Vikings need some depth up the middle. I, this was a very hard th- – this pick was really – I had I struggled with this one. I sat there for a while trying to figure it out. I mean, they – you know, they, they could go wide receiver here if they wanted. You know, they have Jefferson and, uh, you know, obviously, and uh, Thielen. Um, the third receiver is not – you know, who was it? What's his – I forget that. That was – uh... He actually played well. Yeah, he kid. played well. Osborne, KJ Osborne. Yeah, right? yeah, Osborne, 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 KJ Osborne. Osborne, K- KJ yeah. Osborne. yeah KJ he, played, Osborne. he played pretty good, but I mean, you would you you put one of these other two guys in that one of these receivers in the first round in that offense, so I could see that happening. But I just felt I, Dean. I, I, there's I, there's some injury. There's a couple of medical red flags with him, but I, I don't. Some of those things I don't believe. And when he played, when he was he was the like the, the he was the workman on that on that uh, Georgia team. He, he 5'11", 229, kind of small, but um, he's one of those guys. If you look at the tape, he's great IQ, great football IQ. The instincts are there. He's a now leader he, on that team. Here's a question I meant to ask you like before. That on defense. Here's a question so I meant to ask you before, and you reminded me of it when you said that he was kind of the anchor of that defense, because we talked before about Walker going one and how the production wasn't necessarily there. And you hear a lot of people talking about how can you really put a gauge on any of these Georgia guys when they're surrounded by star-studded talent? Like, who was the actual difference maker in that defense? Right. So what's what's yeah, your right. take on that? Great point. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's very hard to tell because – just like because from, from your account, you said that this is probably one of the best college football defenses you've ever watched. It might it's the it could be the best. And when you when you have Jermaine Johnson not playing and the guy goes and wins ACC Player of the Year, that's pretty damn good. You know what I mean? They can they, at the end of the day they might have almost the whole defense might go in the first two or three rounds, which is just crazy. Right. So now uh, next you have the Houston Texas. You have actually a guy that looks like. It was possible he was going in the top 10 easily, but you have him dropping down to 13 uh, to the Houston Texans, which they acquired that pick from the Browns in a Deshaun Watson trade. You have Charles Cross going there. Now, yeah. why the, a couple of questions. Why the drop in Cross? And do you think that he's, he's going to translate into a, a, a tackle in the NFL or will he be moved inside to a guard position? I think he'll play tackle. I just think it's just – I could see any of these – guys in the top 12 to 13 
all these guys, I could see any, I wouldn't be shocked if any of them dropped to the Texans at 13. You know what I mean? That's how it's just, you could go any, the, that's how deep it is. You could go either way and, and not be wrong. You could, you know, so it's just a numbers game across and you know, how it, how it fell out, especially if the, that first three goes the way it's saying now with Stingley three and, and then Walker and uh, Thibodeau, that's going to move these linemen back. You figure with the Giants take take one and the and then the uh, uh, Panthers take one, then he it's just a numbers game and he just slips out to to the Texans who need they need everything but they definitely need, their offensive line is atrocious. They, yeah, they Mills believe needs in some Davis. Help in front of them. Yeah, they but they believe in yeah and they believe in Davis Mills. He, he was probably the second best quarterback as a rookie last year behind yeah. Mac Jones. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, why I'm I'm not going to criticize you obviously that's because. You, you yeah. say what you think is going to happen in this mock. Right. It's right? not what I would do. It's what I think. What you think is going to happen. But right. if I was, if it was me, yeah, I think I'd probably be more inclined to take the best available tackle at number three, just simply because one, I think that's the most important thing on the field. If you do have belief in Davis Mills and number two, if they really do love Stingley, I mean, look at these Texans defenses of the past. They built the team primarily on defense and look how quickly it fell apart because of injuries. J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless and uh, uh, why is his name escaping me? Who Brian Cushing. These guys could not stay on the field, and that team just right. completely fell apart. And now they're going to take an oft-injured guy on number three who's missed more games than he's played. To well, me, that's just that's, a recipe that's for disaster. Lovey, that's Lovey Smith. He's a, he's a defensive guy, and I don't, I don't know if he has the complete keys to the kingdom, but – Tunsil just got a hundred million dollar deal at left tackle. So you're not, you know, he's staying there for a while. I just think, I, I think if it was me at 13, I would trade back. I would trade out of that spot to get more capital because they need so many things on that roster. Now they got, That's, a, that how many firsts did they get in the Watson deal? What'd they get? Uh, did they get two three? or three? Two? I think, I think they, got, three, right? they got two for, I thought it was two, first two round picks. Oh, two first, oh. Two, two seconds, right? And a th- Listen, whatever, whatever it may be at this point right they now, got you, yeah, they got, an they, they got a hole. They did right. get a hole. But I mean, if you could trade at a 13 and even acquire more, I mean, they, that's like you I'm said, they, they need everything. Do. They need everything. I tra- so. If I was, I'm just going for, I, first of all, I don't want to put trades in the group. I'll put trades after it. You'll see it in the guide. There's like right. five trades I think might happen. I don't want to do the trades because it's so hard to do. But if there's no trades that I think cross for, if for Folsom, they have to take them. If it was a trade, if, I would, if it was me, I would trade out of there, maybe with the Steelers, maybe with the Saints, if one of them is in love with a quarterback. You know what I mean? Or one of these receivers that that slips like a Drake London in this mock is slipping. There's a team like the Eagles or maybe even the Chiefs. We didn't even talk about them with their two picks in a row. They might be coming up because the Chiefs don't need – the Chiefs have the most picks in the draft. They're tied with the Jaguars with 12 picks. The Chiefs probably have four roster spots that they can afford to – have anybody anyway all right so you know I what rob be- i'm gonna i'm gonna call you out here for a second rob as we move on to this next pick because you Uh-oh. think tommy's just concerned with throwing me a bone and making me happy because we put him on the podcast his 14th pick here to the ravens is just doing the absolute opposite of that because i love this guy and put i me think on the podcast so it's like waterboarding somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but this he, he has carl laftis the, the the edge rusher out of purdue going 14 to the ravens and again this is a kind of guy that kind of profiles a little bit similar to, to Hutchinson, I think, right, Tommy? The guy who yeah. kind of just plays yeah, like with similar. his hair on very, fire. Very similar, very similar yeah. player. That's a guy that I think would just haunt the AFC North for a decade. 
He's so, a, he he doesn't he just feel like a Ravens guy. He does. He does. You all know? those other all those other guys they had Paul Kruger, uh, right. all these guys that just kind of they aren't necessarily like big time household names. Like if you're again if you're a, a mainstream just a regular mainstream football fan, you obviously know Hutchinson and Walker because those are the guys that are gaining the most steam. But a guy like this falls under the radar and then ends up being a stud. And the Ravens have made a living out of doing that. I mean, look at all the guys who have tormented the AFC North. Tyus Bowser, Paul Kruger, uh, Matthew Judon, yeah, I, you know, like. He reminds, he reminds me of Trey Hendrickson, who I love. Is, and he is, a, he is a menace on the field, Trey, Trey Hendrickson's a beast, yep. Yeah, he, he's a beast. And, and you know, look, the, the Ravens really have to revamp their defense here. Defense did not play well last year. It actually cost Wink Martindale his job probably, but. Although I think they were looking for a change on that. So you have Carlif is going from the kid from Purdue going to uh, the Ravens here. And then, you know, the Eagles are up next. And, uh, you know, I tell you, I think the Eagles are might be a force to be reckoned with this year. They're going to be and, very good. And, and if they get Drake London, as, you, close as you say, as you say, listen, that's going to help their offense. It's probably going to help Jalen Hurts. Although, you know, the jury's still out on Jalen Hurts here as a quarterback. <laughs> as a downfield thrower, tremendous athlete, tremendous leader. Um, but as a downfield thrower, I, you know, there's still some question marks. But look, after oh, yeah. passing up a couple of years ago on Justin Jefferson with Jalen Riga, they're trying to make up for it here. They already got Devontae yeah. Smith last year. They traded up to get him ahead of the Giants. And now, and now that you have them taking Drake London, extremely productive wide receiver from USC, Tommy. So tell us about that pick there. I mean, I just think it's a great fit for that for the Eagles. They need they need some more weapons. Rager hasn't hasn't panned out. Smith is very he's dynamic. He's he's fantastic. But you had a Drake London six four two nineteen. I mean, Jesus Christ! And his his you know his testing was off the charts. Um, he got hurt. He got hurt. He got he was out for the season. October he, hurt, he broke his ankle, but he bounced back from that with the uh, you know the, you know as far as workouts go. So he I mean that, he's he's all. He's all systems go now. Uh, he's probably, a, you know, great hands, best hands in the draft. Big kid. He's a big kid. He's big. A big he's got a lot four, of size. Big target. Yeah. Got a I lot mean, of size. It's a, it's a good, I mean, I've seen everywhere. I've seen the, the comparison to Mike Evans, which Mike Evans is probably going to be in the whole thing. That's a, that's a hell of a comparison know? right there. Now here, so, here's a question I'm going to bring up um, because I think it warrants discussing now that we're on the topic of the Eagles and you haven't taken a receiver. And it actually goes to a question that my buddy John had sent in. He's a big time Raiders fan and he's wondering about the chiefs. And you mentioned the chiefs before with the back-to-back picks, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then you obviously just brought up the, the Eagles too, and their need for another wide receiver, another playmaker. He asked, what's the thought on the chiefs draft strategy now that they lost Tyreek and rumors that they're in on Debo. Do they try to pull one of the stud wide receivers in the first, do one of those receivers even fall to them or do they try to package the picks and go for Debo? And I asked this question because I think the same could be said for the Eagles. Cause they already made the trade with the saints. They have the two first next year. They could potentially package some of their capital in this draft to get a guy like Debo, who I think would be a terrific fit in Philadelphia's offense as well. So that's another name. I think we can keep an eye on, on draft night. Not that the 49ers are definitely inclined to trade him, but he's a popular name, and there's a bunch of teams that are in need of a playmaker that do have the capital to get a deal like that done. But the only right. problem with this Debo trade, though, guys, is that, you know, first of all, this has to be made quickly because you're talking about draft capital for this year, probably going back to the 49ers. Secondly, he's got to take a physical. Yeah. 
you know, so he's got to take a physical. And it, and another thing, what team? I, the, listen, the clock I, is I, I, winding I, down on a Debo Samuel trade right now. Oh yeah, I mean, listen, the Niners don't want to trade the guy there, and why would you want to trade? Why the would guy? you? The guy's unbelievable. But right. if he's going to pull this crap, where I don't want to be a running back, and I get what he's saying, he wants to be paid. If he if they're going to make him a running back and wide receiver, he probably wants to get paid like that almost twice over. You know what I mean? Because his career is going to get shortened if he's a running back. His career is going to get cut off by two two or three years playing, taking that beating. You're not taking that beating from cornerbacks and safeties like you are from big defensive linemen coming at you and and linebackers hitting you at 100 miles an hour that is 6'5", 270. You had mentioned the Jaguars before and the moves they made, and, and you brought up Christian Kirk as one of their signings. Any yeah. fans of any teams out there who have these diva wide receivers, you could thank the Jaguars for that because they reset the entire market by moving, paying heaven and earth to Christian. Kirk. Oh yeah, now now so all these receivers, all these receivers are freaking receivers. out now and want to get paid. So you can you thank know, them for all these the problems. One, and guess who's not uh, uh, freaking out? Cooper Cup, the most professional receiver in the league, the there best receiver in the league, and that's why the Rams probably could repeat this year because he's got a good head on his shoulders of these other guys. These exactly what you said, divas, but like, I don't want like, getting back to your buddy, John's question about the Raiders, the chiefs. Like I said, they have 12 picks to tied for the most with the Jaguars, 12 picks. They don't need 12 picks. Their roster is not, they don't need it. They need probably four guys out of this draft. They're going to trade. It's just a matter of time when and where and what they're going to do. They're going to come down, I think, and try to get one of these. It could be Jameson Williams who might turn out to be, as fast as Tyreek Hill. He's well, they got fast, 29 and 30, the Chiefs, so they certainly right. have they have enough enough They're there if they, if they want to move time. up. Even for a kid like Chris Olav, you know, any one of I those. I love kids, Chris Olav. I love Chris I, Olav. You know, any, and you favorites. have him dropping, but let's let's yeah. let's not let's not go a base here. So you had the Eagles with London. The Saints you have taken, who I really like a lot. I think this kid, if he falls to the Saints here, it's a hell of a pick in Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle yeah. out of Northern Iowa. Nasty, I think that's a hell of a nasty. Pick. And nasty, one thing we're nasty, starting to nasty. see, we're starting to see how much depth there is in this in this draft. It's not a top a heavy draft. It man is a lot of depth. So if teams really want to do move back a bit here, you know, there's plenty of talent available that'll still be there. Yeah. So, yeah. so you it's have a, Trevor Penning reason, going to a, the Saints. There's a reason. There's a reason seven or eight teams have two picks in this draft. You know what I mean? There's there's in the, in the first round. There's there's like seven or eight teams that have two picks because a lot of a lot of guys traded back to get more capital because they know how deep this draft is. I was doing doing the mock. <clears throat> I did the first two. I'm going through three. I'll have you know tomorrow and I'll be ready. But when, after I get off, I got to keep keep going. At and round three, I have guys on my that like pretty high on my big board that haven't gone yet. You know what I mean? So it, right. it's there's a lot of talent, and I like I like penning a lot. Nasty, nasty, player. nasty. And right? He's a nasty, nasty mauler. Like I love like that. He's like a Taylor yeah. Luan, who's another yeah. nasty son of a bitch. Yeah. But Especially you guys that are penning, coming out of that Iowa sort of oh, area, yeah. Northern Iowa, right. Iowa, Northern like, Iowa, you know, small school, but that school produces. Oh yeah, he, right. they got, yeah it's he, like he, it's like your next pick that you have with with the Chargers taking Zion Johnson. You give me a Boston College offensive lineman any day of the year, I'll take him. That these those two spots, Penning's going to go to one of those spots. Johnson's going to go to the other. I think. I think that that's, and that's unless the Saints trade down to try to get the quarterback or the receiver, whatever they want, they might want to get a receiver. But Penning, the one thing with him, he's a little too nasty. At the at the uh, Senior Bowl, he was right. throwing guys around. He was throwing guys into the quarterback. Yeah, he's got to be disciplined. That. And he's he was a lot of people were pissed at him. 
he's got to take that down a notch. You love nasty, but you don't want to be too nasty where you're going to get penalties. Right. And he's as got, far as, right. He, and as he far needs as Zion to be a Johnson, bit more disciplined. Zion Johnson was the exact opposite. Great, you know, great guy. Loved by all the coaches, players at Senior Bowl Week. Even went out, he practiced in the rain. It was pouring all week. Went out, practiced at, he's a, mostly a guard. He practiced at center also after practice, getting reps in, trying to do that to become more versatile. So he's another guy. That's a guy you got to love. And I think that's going to, at that, right in that area, those two are going to go. It could flip flop either way, but a good fit for both teams, either, either one. So you got the cornerback out of Washington going to the Eagles, Trent McDuffie. And then you have the aforementioned Chris Olav uh, going to the Saints to pair up with Michael Thomas. If Thomas is healthy, boys, you know, is, yeah, is know. Michael it's... Thomas going to stay healthy? Is he, is he going <laughs> to be happy? Can Jameis Winston? Kind of is he going to be healthy enough, Jameis Winston, to start the season? Uh, right. You know, you, you'd have to hope after he, after he wrecked his knee early in the season last year, uh, you'd have to think that he should be able to be ready to go, Winston. But you know, you got Olav going there, and I tell you what, like you said, he's a hell of a receiver, Olav, and you he's pair him up with Michael Thomas four, three, in that 40. offense. Oh yeah. So scary. let me scare. Let me not to go off the beaten path, but just to kind of bring all the wide receivers into one room for a second. Mm-hmm. If you could come up with player comps for all the guys that you've kind of gone off the board so far, you got Jamison Williams, you got Olav, you got Garrett Wilson, and who's the other wide receiver? Oh, Drake London. The four of them. Yeah. If you could come up with player comps for them. Good question. London, London is Mike Evans. See, I've heard Mike this, uh, Evans and Michael Thomas, which I think if you're, yeah. if you're concerned about Jalen Hurts throwing the ball down the field and you want him to throw the ball short, you take right. Mike, Mike, Michael Thomas, who's the king of slant routes, any day of the week, he'd fit perfectly in that offense. So that would be a good pick, according to your mock here. But that's a oh, weird yeah. comparison when you're, you're looking at Thomas and Evans are two different receivers. Yeah, well, he, well from, yeah, from, I, what, I, I from what I've read, Just he's got Mike one, Evans' one. size, but he he's doesn't run that same kind of route tree that Evans does. He's not yeah. as much of a downfield threat as Evans, and he could run wow. the intermediate routes a little bit better. James but he still has the capability of going up and getting it. Jameson Williams, worst case, I wouldn't say, I'm not going to say worst case scenario, but low end, Will Fuller, just because of his speed. Will Fuller never put it together. Me and Rob love the guy from Notre Dame. Just hasn't put it together. Always been hurt. But He the, stays healthy. He's productive, but he's always been yeah. hurt. High end, or maybe, you know, almost high end, he's Beckham. He's Odell Beckham when Beckham was, was great and wasn't a, a more, you know, acting like a clown. He's Odell Beckham the first couple of years with the Giants and Odell Beckham in the Super Bowl in the first half before he got hurt. So that's pretty damn good. Yeah, and no, then, that's pretty good. And of course, and I would say Garrett Wilson, I'd say is close to like a Robert Woods type, which is, that's a good, re- that's a gr- very, very good receiver so before he got hurt receiver. too. Garrett and, Wilson actually, Garrett Wilson was actually saying today, his father was saying that Garrett Wilson feels like he's a comp to Cooper Cup. That would be nice. Yeah, that'd be nice. Nothing wrong and with then, that, I guess, right? Not, nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> and then I get, and then Olav. I mean, I don't know. He's so fast. He's a faster version of maybe McLaurin, who, Terry McLaurin, who went to Ohio State. He's got that same size. He's not big, six foot, one eighty seven. He's small, but he's fast and he can move four thirty, four three nine forty. It's outrageous. So you know, the, the, all four of those guys. I mean, I I really like those guys, and those are the comps I've seen all over the place. It's so hard to do comps. But you know, you just try to try to figure it out. 
Yeah. Know, All right. So now we'll move on to, of course, the steals with Malik Willis. And I'm telling you right now, if they <laughs> allow, if any of these teams allow Malik Willis to drop that far down into the Steelers' laps, then shame on every single one of them, shame to be on. honest with you. Shame on them. Yeah, you would without have to. You would have to at least try to create a smoke screen to try to get without some having assets. the Steelers move up to at least give up some draft capital if they really want that guy. You're well, gonna let that guy who who, from all accounts, you know, turned the combine upside down and his yeah, athletic ability. And we all know that the guy needs a year of seasoning. We get that. We understand. But the yeah. but all the all the quarterback traits are there for this kid to succeed, and for him to fall to twenty almost a gift for the Steelers once again, like Najee Harris was to a certain degree. Well, look, shame on all the teams in front that didn't make the Steelers move up to get him. Tommy, I know I sent you the stuff from uh, the Pittsburgh radio host all the time, Andrew Filipponi. He's been banging a drum this whole time that Malik Willis would be a disastrous pick and they'd rather go with Pickett. And it was funny because today they had on some insider, I forget where from, but he brought up, the Dan Marino thing, you know, Dan Marino right. played at Pitt. He was right in the Steelers' yeah. laps. They passed up on yeah. him. And he goes, do you foresee a similar situation here where they pass up on Pickett and, and they and they end up regretting it? And the guy goes, Kenny Pickett and Dan Marino both played college football in Pittsburgh. That That's where the comparison ends. That's like, it. Stop, it. It. stop it. Stop it. Stop just it. Put him in his place. Fun. It's funny because I just to get hyped up, I watched those court in the draft shows that NFL Network did a couple of years ago and they have the, – and then they, they put it on a marathon on Sunday. So I recorded them all, DVR'd them all. Elway to Marino, the 30 for 30 was on. And I love that episode. So I watched it. I just can't believe Ken O'Brien, yeah. Todd Blackledge, you know, Elway, well, Todd look, Blackledge, and, and, and Ken Marino, O'Brien. Marino, Marino, there was a lot of rumors about Marino. And oh, yeah, they're not unsubstantiated. They were almost truths that he you was. Think? He was doing drugs in college. You think? He, he just know. had more trouble saying unsubstantiated as he did Nikki Kongwu's last night. I think I, I think I was, I think I was on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> but look, for a guy like that to drop that far down, and those were all the rumors of of Marino, yeah. and they've never really been squashed. I, I kind of think those well, rumors were, that, were probably true. If you watch that true. show, they kind of Jimbo Covert, but he was his roommate, so of course he's gonna squash it. But yeah, no, I, I don't know. It's yeah. You know what? It's a lot of people, a lot so, of people regretting that 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 day. So a lot of, lot of GMs. Let me ask you so, something quick, Rob. Your your nephew Dean is he is he banging the Willis drum hard? Uh I'm not going to say he's banging it hard. I'm sure he'd probably be excited if they got him because of, you know, look, Andrew, we, we know what it is. It's all the hype. It's right. the hype around the kid. How much hype did we hear around the combine? It was. It was like the Malik Willis show, boys. We we yeah. all watched the combine. We well, seen what that kid was doing. But again, you're in shorts and you're in a t-shirt. So uh, again, it doesn't translate to being an NFL yeah. quarterback. I think I think the one thing you could take away from those is the bad performances. I know Locks and I were talking about it while it was happening. Matt Corral was in a t-shirt and shorts, and he had an awful pro day. He's missing receivers on slants left and right. He had a terrible showing. So I think. Yeah. You could take away something from having a bad performance in an easy environment. You're playing indoors at your own practice facility with you know, your I own mean, receiver. I, you know, they give you. I mean, everything was set up for Willis to succeed. That, that's that's what a pro day is. You got to take the entire process. All these coaches and GMs, they take the entire process from from the Senior Bowl week, even from the season watching tape to the Senior Bowl week to the pro day to the combines. I mean, look, Tom Brady was the worst combine quarterback in history. 
his scores were the worst ever. And he's the greatest quarterback ever. It could go either way. You just don't know. You got to right, see so what's inside a couple of these kids. Of, a, a couple of questions for the both of you here. Uh-huh. First question, odds of the Giants training Saquon Barkley here. I don't think on, they will. On think, draft I, night? Yes. Nah, it won't happen. I don't I think I think uh I think Dable wants to see what he's got with him. I mean, this guy, if he's healthy, he's dynamic. You know, and I listen, I think I think eventually they get in the one of the in the, one of these middle rounds, they're gonna get a bruiser that you love, Rob. Yeah, I know. Get, maybe even your, maybe that's, even that's your guy. guy. Maybe even your guy, Pierce. Uh, Damian Pierce. Pierce out of Florida. So, Damian Pierce. We'll yes. see. There's a that's few guys guy. that I like. But uh, I don't think he gets traded. Okay. Yeah, no, I well, think what about, actually, what I about... think he kind of gave the front office a little bit of what they wanted to hear, too, because he was very forthcoming in his meeting with the media last week about oh, how, like, he he's is. on a mission. Like, he, he, he acknowledges that it's gone downhill for we know, him. Andrew, we know he's on a mission, but will he stay healthy? That's the problem. Yeah. He oh, hasn't proven that. I of course he's, he's going to be on a mission. He's going to want to prove something, but that doesn't guarantee your health. Next up, the James Bradbury, uh, Bradbury situation. How does that get fixed? Is he going to be traded? Are the Giants going to have to cut him here? Are the Giants maybe even maybe even rework his contract? Do the Giants maybe pass up on the cornerback, Sauce Gardner, who we have him picking here, and keep Bradbury around, maybe rework his contract and take an edge rusher? Do they go somewhere like that, or do you see a scenario where the Giants are trading Bradbury? I think it probably depends so, on yeah. what they do. I think, yeah. I think that's a secondary decision. I think they probably wait and see. Like, if Gardner's there and that's the number one guy on their board, I think they take him and they deal with Bradbury later. Maybe they even keep both. You don't know, but I think I that that's probably on the back burner. I would try to keep both of them. Why not? Like you said. Well, like salary said, cap like said, purposes, well, that's the problem. You know, that's well, that's the problem with this. Well, no, you got to restructure with Bradbury. But you, yeah. Or if you get – you got to see what you get get for him. So far, you, you haven't been able to get anything. I, He's listen, tied it, to a lot of teams. My honest opinion is anywhere. I think the Giants want to keep Bradbury around. I don't right. think they want to get rid of him. I think they want to keep him. And I, I think, think they would love to bookend him and Gardner together. T- tomorrow, and then Aaron Robinson as a, as a, as a nickelback or, or a slot uh, back, you know, with, the, with, with, uh, with McKinney there at safety, you know, they, they'd have a really, really what? solid defensive back core. They got a nice room. I mean, what, what what do you do with Jackson? Darnay Holmes, who I like out of UCLA. Yeah, listen, can, the more the merrier. You can never not have like enough. You said, like you said, with, yeah, with uh, especially with Wink Martindale's defense. These yes. guys get tired. You got to keep moving guys in and out. You got to you gotta keep get. You got to have that sort of depth there. All right, my next question for the both of you guys. Two guys that you think are going to take a dramatic drop in this draft. Oof, uh, man. Malik Willis to number 20. Of course. <laughs> well, because Tommy Daniel. said so. <laughs> Daniel Jeremiah, you know how they do what they used to do with Mayock. I haven't been, I haven't been able to pay attention talking with, talking with you guys, but I just looked up and 32 overall is Malik Willis to the Lions from Jeremiah's mock. But who knows? But you know I, who I could see taking a big drop, to be honest, speaking of the quarterbacks? And I don't know if this is going to happen, not guaranteeing it, but I could potentially see a scenario where Kenny Pickett takes a big fall, where you might even see guys like Ritter and guys like Corral, maybe even a guy like um, – uh, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, Sam Howell. Sam Howell. Like all taken above Pickett, and he might be yeah. sitting there end of round two without a home yet. That that might well, be a scenario that I could see happening. Sam yeah. Howell, I'm, I, st- I went back and watched a lot of his stuff, and I'm starting to like him more and more. He almost gives me – he's not going to be Drew Brees, but he's the same type of player, but in a, like, modernized version. 
I don't think he's going to be Drew Brees, but he, I, I just, I, I, you know, he was great to, a year ago. He, then he lost some players. It was, it was a, Drew, a, Drew, a Drew Brees who can actually see over the line of scrimmage. I mean, he's the, he's kind of the same size as him. He's born. Mobile. Is he that? Is he that tiny? I think he's six foot. I don't think he's anything more than six foot. Now, how tall was Breeze? Six. I mean, they said six foot. He's probably five eleven. Yeah. Well, standing well, in front of the Saints well, are always known for having those big bruising linemen too. So I mean, he looked look, even you, smaller standing behind. You him. see a lot of mock drafts out there, and they we've been talking about it on Good Morning Football this morning. There's a lot of a lot of mockers out there that are that are putting Malik Willis to the Lions there too. I mean, does it make sense? I see you. It I've makes said it, sense. I've met, I said it months, months Tommy ago. Tommy was the first one to bring that up. Said. He was but the first I, one to bring that possibility up I, months ago. I wanted to. I wish it would happen because I, you know, I would. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think with all these freaking, you know, with these. It's so hard with these rumors. But uh, I agree with Andrew. Pick it, my drop, and I, I, I can't. I still can't get over his hand size. So small, eight and a half. We're not talking about nine, eight, nine, like. And that's why he wears the gloves. It's eight and a half. That's the smallest. The only quarterback that's smaller than any first round pick ever. And the only there's only been I think three quarterbacks Michael to Vick. go in the first round, and Vic's one of them. Yeah. Three. I think Charlie might have been Charlie Whitehurst. Somebody. I forget the other two, but they were not good quarterbacks. And the look, he had fumb- he Vick. had fumbling problems in college, Pickett. So obviously, it, it is an issue. He wears gloves on both hands. So. You know what, Andrew? That's a good call right there. I could see Pickett being a dramatic drop where you're going to see And think about it, too. For the exception of Clemson, what other defenses is he facing that was wreaking havoc against him? Florida State. Florida State. Yeah, you know, yeah. But I mean, you're not going against SEC. I mean, again, we're talking about Malik Willis being the first quarterback off the board. He didn't play any competition either. In fact, one of the games I watched him the most closely was actually against Syracuse. And Syracuse did a pretty good job of containing him. So it's not exactly the best comparison. But again, if you have turnover issues against a, a conference that doesn't necessarily have the top-notch defensive talent, that, that could be another cause for concern, too. I, I and, and we're only a year removed from Pickett being – he was terrible his, the, the, scene, the year before. He wasn't good. He came out of nowhere. Like, you, you know, know a guy that could be You know a guy that could be a candidate for a dramatic fall is Trayvon Walker himself. Because, you know, again, he wasn't ranked that high coming in until the combine. After the combine, it it took off. Well, Well, that's the the thing, too, Tommy. You're talking about the fact that he might go number one overall because Balky seems to be in love with him. But you don't know if the teams that are two, three, four, five, six, seven are also in love with him, too. And that's why I'm saying he could be that guy to take that dramatic drop. Yeah. If he doesn't go first, he the Giants could be looking at him at five and seven. But when you're talking about a drop, Rob, how far are you talking? I, you I'm think? talking. He st- he stays within the top ten, probably more six, seven. You know, no, no, but, further, no but when, but as far as your question goes, that, what what were you thinking? You think like cup, like ten spots, 15, 15 spots? Well, you're talking about? Look, I, I mean, I'll tell you a guy that in my mock that dropped considerably is Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd might be the best linebacker in the draft. I got him going to thirty to the Chiefs because there's some red flags with his injuries. He's right. great. He's a great – he's the best inside linebacker in the draft. But there's been some red flags on him injury-wise, so I have him almost falling out of the first round. Him and even even um, the kid from Georgia, Dean, the Kobe Dean is another guy that I heard could fall out of the first round. I heard that rumor. But, you know, so I would say one of, the, one of those two. I, the Viking pick I'm probably going to change. I didn't like it when I put it in, Dean, but – 
I got to see. Now, if you're, if you're going to ask a question about who I think is going to be the biggest riser, I don't know if you had that planned or not, but I'm going to give you an answer anyway, because I've loved this kid for two years straight and you have him pretty much mid to late second round, Tommy. And I know you'll agree with me that there's no denying the talent. He's had some injury concerns, but I, I, I have a feeling that there's a chance that George Pickens could end up being the best wide receiver in this whole class. I yeah, love that kid. I, like I always him. have. That's a kid that I can see maybe a team saying, screw it. We have the highest grade on him out of all the wide receivers. We're taking him. You know, maybe yeah. not over a London or over a, a Wilson or anything like that. But if you have a team like, let's look at the Chiefs, right? The Chiefs just lost Tyreek Hill. Their best receiver right now is Juju Smith-Schuster. They lost Byron Pringle, right? So they're sitting there with the back-to-back picks late in the first round. They could get the linebacker to shore up the defense. They can even get a corner to shore up the defense. And then they can maybe take a guy like Pickens who could be a downfield threat for Mahomes. He's obviously not as small and speedy as Tyreek Hill, but he's a guy that can get it downfield. So I could see him might maybe sneaking into the first round, to be honest with you. I, I, think I know you have good. I know yeah. Desmond Ritter there for the, for the Giants lined up in that second round. But I just have some – What about, I have a crazy feeling about that. Do you? All right, well, maybe so, but, but – you know, wouldn't it make sense for the Giants maybe to take a wide receiver there? Whether it be we talked about Christian Watson. I know you love him. Andrew just yeah. mentioned Pickens. He loved him. Sky Moore is a guy that I thought was absolutely tremendous in the combine. And really, yeah. I tell you what, that kid, he's on the rise, that kid. He can play inside. He can play outside. So he'd oh, yeah, be he's another rise. kid that might make sense because that giant wide receiver room, is not strong at all. Kenny okay. Galladay probably won't even be on his roster next season. He's always hurt, so you can't even count on him much this season. Darius Slayton, I mean, you got Sterling Shepard coming off the injury, CJ Board. I mean, it's really, there's nothing there offensively, uh, you know, in the wide receiver position for the Giants. No less, not really having a tight end except for Ricky Seals Jones. So, would, you know, if they don't get the quarterback, let's say they don't take the quarterback there, Tommy. Right. Do you see them? What would be the next position you think they would go after at that point? Put it that way. You it think it would be they, It depends what they do with that. With Well, for, let me just go back to Drew's thing with Pickens. I'll tell you who else loves George Pickens. George Pickens loves George Pickens. He called himself the best wide receiver in the draft. He's one of those guys that's a very confident. Yeah, you know, look, he, all then they these all guys are like they, that. They yeah. all do that. But, um, with that second pick, it all depends what they do at five and seven. If they take, because there's, there's, they still need an edge rusher. And at that second, at that spot in the second round, they might maybe. What if they go with Ojabo, who's going to be, who's going to drop? He's a guy that dropped. If you were talking about droppers because of the injury, the edge Ojabo was going to go in the top fifteen. You know, he had a huge year. Of, but he's a guy that more that I look into, especially with the injury now, no experience. He came out of nowhere. The guy didn't play. He didn't know what a football was until he was 15, 18 years old. Well, weren't he you the one who Scotland. brought up months ago too the fact that Hutchinson aided from Ojabo being alongside yeah, him? Yeah, but, but what was it? Was it Ojabo or was it Hutchinson? Which right. one benefited right. more? That's the question. Right. You know what I mean? You so know what? I, it. I see here that you did actually – you did acknowledge the fact – I didn't look at the, the bottom of the second round here. You did acknowledge that that Chiefs need for a receiver with Mechie. So it even makes my prediction I of Pickens maybe sneaking receivers. into the first round even more. I gave him Sky Moore and John Mechie in the second round. Chiefs have a lot of picks. They have two – you know, if they do that, whew, 
that's a nice little wide receiver room again. Well, though- look, you know, I, it's, it's funny because here at, at 29 and 30, you don't have the Chiefs taking a receiver. You have them taking Kyler yeah. Gordon they, and listen, Devin Lloyd. They, they need a cornerback. Their cornerbacks are horrible. Awful. Yes. You know, and, but, but and, and you don't I have them taking a receiver at all. No, because round two, I got they get Sky Moore and John Mechie. Oh, you got them for Sky Moore. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm looking yeah. down there now. Right. Sky right. Moore would be a hell of a pick for them. Oh, boy. Yeah. You know, that. I mean, listen, I really, and I think Juju's a clown. I can't stand him, but I think he's going to be, this year he's going to be on a mission, I think. I think he's going to play, he's going to play his balls off, get the contract, and then become a clown again. That's what I think is going to happen with, with him. And then you got Valdez Scantling's a good receiver. You know what I mean? And then, you know, you got Mahomes thrown to you. He makes receivers, he'll make receivers look good. Nicole Hardman, it's time for him to step up. And then you add these two guys. That's a nice five to have along with Kelsey. And and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. That's a nice that's a, that offense is dynamic again, even without Tyreek Hill. Yeah. You know, we we just but, talked about the p- potential fall of a guy like Pickett, and then you brought up Ritter going to the Giants. So it's probably I'll bring this question up that came from my buddy Brian Campo. And he sent a bunch of questions. Some of them are outrageous, not gonna repeat them, but they're funny. We'll talk about them off the air. But here's no, one question. I want to hear the <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Well, we won't be allowed on Apple Podcasts anymore. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm going to kind of tweak his question because obviously you have Willis going to the Steelers at 20. You have Pickett going 32 to the Lions at, thir- at, at the last pick in the first round. We'll talk about that as we get further along. But yeah. again, you do this draft according to what you think is going to happen. But if you were right. the GM, yeah. how many quarterbacks – would be going in round one if you're based off who you like the best. How many QBs would be drafted in round one? Willis, that's it. Yeah, Willis. I, the other ones, I mean, the, uh, well, where do you where do you rank? Howell, even if you don't have Howell's first round Howell. grades on them, where do you rank the rest of them after Willis? I mean, on my big board, I did fifty. On the, I did about fifty-five on the big board, and I only had Willis in there, and I think. I think I got to go back and look, but I think, uh, I think I only had Willis in the, and he was, and I had him, you know, in the mid twenties to thirties. It's hard. It's so hard to, to judge. I mean, but, but Willis, here's my could be, Willis could turn out to be the best player in the draft. It's just, you don't know what you got with him. He's but, such he, an enigma. but here's my question. Do you want <clears throat> to, I'm not going to say waste a draft pick, but are you going to use a draft pick or draft capital second or third round? On one of these quarterbacks, when you could probably go elsewhere, especially a team like the Giants, would they? No, would they, no I listen. You're, you, know? And I, you know what? It might by tomorrow when the guy comes out, Rob, it might be gone. At that moment, I just really fit, felt Ritter. I've been reading up and I hearing some some rumblings about it. The, you know, he's he's that guy that the Giants love. He's mature. He's married with a kid already. He's one of those guys that's ahead maturity wise. You know how the Giants are with this crap. You know how it is, and and. He, he goes to church on Sundays. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he fits that giant. He fits that Dable scheme with, with the the big running quarterback that's that's strong and you know has a good arm. He and has to but has to be coached up and developed. Now I'm just going back to I had Ritter fifty on the big board. He was fifty, and I had Willis in there in the mid like the you know early thirties, early twenty. You know. Mid-20s. Oh, so you have you that's have Ritter graded out as the there. best quarterback after Willis on your big board. Yeah. Yeah, and but then this, and then I then I started looking at Howell a little more, but they, they would all be none of them are none of them are in the top. It's not like last year when we had you know four or five quarterbacks in the top twenty, right? You know what I mean? It's not that it, it's just 
they all have so many question marks. I could see, I could see them all being nothing and you know serviceable backups, and I, but I could see three or four of them starting in the league eventually. Even a Carson Strong from Nevada, who I love, you know, I loved him going into the season, and he just didn't. He, you know, he was hurt most of the years, nagging injuries. But when he's, you know, he, his flashes of brilliance, he took over games for Nevada. I watched a lot of them late on Saturday. I don't, you know, I would have money on him or whatever. But, um, but he's another guy. Who knows? And, and our guy Bailey Zappi is my number one sleeper as a for quarterbacks. When I do that sleeper thing with all the positions, guy threw sixty touchdowns. That's not nothing to sneeze at. He's a guy that could develop into a star. But, but there's no sure things in this draft as far as quarterback goes. Right. And as far as, as far as the Giants. I think that if they don't take the if they don't take rid of that, I think they're going to take an edge. I said Ojabo's there, especially if they take Gardner and the line and Neil. They're going to. I think they take someone like a Boye Mafe from Minnesota, who could be a good edge. Uh, Arnold Ebiketti uh, from Penn State is very good, and then or you take Ojabo and have him sit for half the season if you think his talent is that good. That, that's who I think they go with, and I think that, and I think. As far as receivers go, Rob, I think maybe third round is a kid I really love out of Memphis. Um, this kid's unbelievable. Oh, hold on one second. Sorry. Go ahead. So talk. I got to just check something quick. But All right. Well, we'll, ra- we'll round out the, the final third of the first round here. Yeah, so we, we left off with Malik Willis going to Pittsburgh at 20. Then you had the Patriots at 21 taking Daxton Hill to safety out of Michigan. And, and – you know, it's funny to me because I would think in a wide receiver crop. Oh, you're looking at Calvin Austin, Tommy. Calvin Austin. Oh, sorry. Cal- yeah. Calvin Austin. Calvin is Austin. that the guy? Calvin Austin. Calvin Austin. Yeah. Yeah. No, my computer went out. I, I, that, I was just trying to fix something. But yeah, Calvin Austin from Memphis. I watched his tape. And he's a guy that went against Gardner and did pretty well against Gardner when they played Cincinnati. But I looked at some of these his moves. I, I couldn't believe how fast he was. Like laterally, like when he would cut one way and go the other, it was unreal how fast. But isn't he a guy that would duplicate Kadarius Tony in that way? He's not a big receiver. He's not big, but he he he, he's almost like um. I'm trying to think. Uh, God, I had it last night. I was I had the comparison. Um, He's five seven, one hundred and seventy pounds, like a Tavon Austin, shifty sort of player. You know, better version of translate to a wide receiver three four in the NFL. But he's a he's a kick returner who Dre Archer. That Dre Archer, I love Dre Archer. <laughs> I had to throw that one in there. I had to throw him in there. But I was gonna I was gonna oh, say no, you know speaking on, oh, no you know he, he, Nicole Hardman he's a better version of Nicole Hardman. Okay, that's what I think. Okay, Nicole you Hardman, the vulture, you got a the vulture who all, always uh, you always fall for the value in his first touchdown props, and he never ever gets <laughs> oh, it. Oh, I know. Never that's did what you ever? Yeah. <laughs> That's what Michael Harmon is known for. But what I was going to ask is we moved to 21 and you had the Patriots taking Daxton Hill. And to me, I think it would probably be incumbent on the Patriots to maybe look receiver with this talented crop. Because if you think about it, they really haven't. Mac Jones, we know, has talent. But he he needs some surrounding pieces around him because he's not going to wow anybody with his athletic ability. And they brought in Devante Parker. They brought him Devante Parker. I don't know if Parker moves a needle for me. I I really don't. Uh, Yeah, he does. If he's, if he's healthy, he's good. He's better than put him on that level. I've never thought of Devante Parker like that. I've always expected him to be at that level, but he never really has. But when he plays, he's productive. 
listen, he's had noodle on t- two of the last couple of years thrown to him. He's got he had a different quarterback every year thrown to him. Go, you know, Fitzpatrick was set. Everybody. This whole thing is just staying you know, healthy, but he's got talent. So that receiving core is pretty solid. Parker Kendrick Bourne is very good. Uh, Belichick loves him. Uh, Jacoby Myers is good. Aguilar is a good deep threat, and Nikhil Harry hasn't panned out. I could see them waiting and taking and going. You know, maybe round two, even like a Sky Moore. But but they need some. They need a guy like um, who has some versatility, and and uh, Daxton Hill can play safety and cornerback. And he played it at the top level with Michigan. I mean, he's one of you know one of the best t- teams in the country. One so of the best defensive. You country. think they try to alleviate the loss on the back end of J.C. Jackson going with a secondary? Yeah, piece? I, I think so. They need they need to bolster up that defense. Well, the offense is pretty pretty solid. That line is always good. They got good running backs. Damian Harris is a stud. Um, James White might if he comes back healthy. You got still got Henry and Jonu Smith as tight ends. I don't think they need to address offense in the first round. I think I think they got to go and get some versatility on that defensive side. That's you know how Belichick is. Yeah, yeah. defense first. It's the way he's always been. It always seems well. Listen, to pan out you too. know they they brought in a lot of uh, you know they brought in Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry last year. Right. They got they got Ramondre Stevenson there. You know, so they they brought in Devontae Parker. So they, they have, have the quarterback. So they got to kind of work on the defense uh, as well right, right now. So I can understand that pick there uh, for the Patriots. Now, with the package, you got them taking Jahan Dotson. How does he fit into them right now? Well, I got him. Uh, I got them taking. I got him taking Kenyon Green, twenty-two. Right. Well, I didn't care about the guard. I didn't care about the guard. I'm more concerned with the receiver because of the loss of Devontae Adams. That they got to get a receiver in 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 the fold there. And MVS went to Kansas City. Right. But well, I, yeah, I he's another guy. Never panned out. Thing. Everyone gets goes up and on. Like I was, I, I'm glad we're going to talk about this. I wanted to talk about this. Everyone gets up in arms. Oh, oh they don't never give Rodgers any weapons. What are you talking about? They gave him Aaron Jones in the fifth round. They gave him Greg Jennings in the third round. They gave him uh, Devontae Adams in the third round. Just because they don't haven't had a receiver in the first round since 2002, doesn't mean they don't give Aaron Rodgers his weapons. They find that's why they're a great organization. They find the weapons. Later in the draft, that's how you win games. That's how you te- build build playoff teams. You know they haven't gotten over the hump since 2011, but but uh, you know, but I think this in this situation, I think they'll finally draft the quarterback. Uh, well, I think that narrative was just round. amplified by the fact that they drafted the quarterback more than anything, and that quarterback who really has showed yeah, no but, promise. But I think year, that's kind of what kind of every year they say so. it's it's just enough. Right, you, you gotta right. look at the rest of the draft. They, they're still giving the guy great players. You know what I mean? But that's why that's why that narrative has kind of grown more legs and taken off recently. Right. It's not like right. they said, hey, we feel like we need to address the secondary a little bit more than why we're seeing. Like, they went out and drafted a quarterback who is, right. as you see, he's not going to play anytime soon. And even no, when he did this year, on. he didn't look good. Yeah, they whiffed on it. Was, and, you know, and it pissed Rodgers off. But he's back now $50 million a year. It's pretty pretty crazy. But, I, I mean, I could see them taking I, – I would love, them, love to see them take uh, Watson, who I love. He does it all. He's big. He looked great at the Senior Bowl. Another guy, small school, hasn't played too much competition, but he, you know, he's he he has great hands. He's pretty fast, blocks. You know, does all the dirty work. But I, but if they're going to take Dotson, Dotson's a good, very good receiver too. They they're going to have some pretty good options there. A Traylon Burks might be still available from Arkansas. That's the, this one. Who you have class. going? You have the Titans taking him. But you know, here's right. the interesting thing I'm looking at, and you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking Devontae Wyatt a defensive yeah. tackle, and now with Tom Brady back in the fold, 
and Chris Godwin probably out for probably half the season. I'd have to think they did yeah. sign him. Um, right. Do you, you don't see a scenario where they take a wide receiver in that spot there, Tampa? They could. They, they, that's another one that, you know, they're so loaded on most of, you know, most of their uh, the spots on the roster that on offense and defense that they could take a receiver. I didn't. I, you, do you think Godwin will be out that long? You think he'll miss? I, I thought he was going to be out of the, the first few weeks of the of the regular season. Yeah. Could be. I mean, you know, he, I, I I I've given up on like he, he Burrow, hurt himself I, I late in that Burrow, season. Don't forget. So right, like like I thought Burrow because he got hurt real late in his rookie year would be out, but he got he came back. These guys, they, these athletes are unbelievable now, and especially with technology and, and medicine. Just you know, it's it's come a long way. So. Who knows? But if he's going to be out, then they might have to look at a wide receiver at that well, spot. Yeah, you have one pick that I absolutely <laughs> love here at the end of the first round. And mm. it's because I – seems like Pittsburgh is always lacking in the secondary, so I always do extra research on the secondaries, uh, on the players yeah. in the secondary because I can always see them going for one. And assuming Willis is not going to be there at 20 – after losing Joe Hayden, I can see the Steelers maybe looking at quarterback. So I've watched film on the kid that you have going to the Cardinals at 23, Andrew Booth. I love defensive backs from very, Clemson. Very I loved A.J. Terrell coming out. I loved Mackenzie Alexander when he was coming out. J. Ron Curse, who ended up going to the, the – he's on the Cowboys. Loved him coming out. And I thought for sure that the Cardinals was going to be the landing spot for J.C. Horn last year, but Carolina scooped him up. They could use a secondary help, and I love this kid going twenty-three to the Cardinals to shore up that secondary. Yeah, he's really. I mean, he's he's very very good. You know, I mean, he's, he's very great athlete. And who's the who's the kid on him. who's the kid on the Raiders too? Whose name is escaping me? Also came from Clemson, the corner. Um, I loved him coming out too. Raiders, Clemson was uh, who the hell was it? Trayvon Mullen. Mullen. Trayvon oh, Mullen. Mullen. Trayvon Mullen. Yeah, loved he, him I, coming I out too. I always loved those Clemson I had him corners. Pretty early. Yeah, I had him early going in that year in that draft. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a guy. A booth. I mean, he's definitely going to go first round. I mean, I, I I could see five or six corners. I mean, if the Steelers, if he's there at twenty and they don't want the cor- the the quarterback, he, he's definitely right. He's definitely in the mix. The only reason he, I, you know, he, he went a little slid a little further down is because I had Pittsburgh taking you know Wilkes. Right. But he's he, right in that area. He's going to be. He's a, he's a he's one of those guys that is you know he's he's not huge, six foot, one hundred ninety four, pretty pretty decent size. But he's he's right there. He could be. I mean, I wouldn't. You know, the top three. He's right there with them. He's he, there's not much of a drop off between him and Stingley and and uh, Gardner and then you know, Trent McDuffie who might go before just before. Now, you said the best linebacker in the draft you think is Devin Lloyd. You have him going 30 to the Chiefs. Why do you think he's the best? Just I mean, just, just watching him on tape, he does every, you know, he's all over the field, team leader. Um, just one of those guys like Hutchinson plays with his hair on fire. The only thing with him is the injury concern. You know, that's the only red flag with him. He, could, he would go in the top 10 if, he, if, he, if there was no injury concern. The Chiefs get him at 30. That's, that's a huge, huge Huge move for me. Now, I, I prefaced this before, and being that we're at the end of the first round, we'll get into it now. You have Kenny Pickett, 32, to the Lions, and we talked all about your quarterback grades and all that stuff and where you have them ranked. Um, but you have Pickett going off the board, 32, to the Lions. Do you definitely see the Lions? I mean, obviously, this is a guess, but 
like, do you definitely see the Lions at some point taking one of these quarterbacks or do they just completely try to fill out the roster and just work with golf for another year? Like, what's the more likely scenario? You know what? I, I, I don't know. I, it, it depends how, who they love. If they love one of the quarterbacks, they're going to take them. My you thing know, that's, was that's that I, it seemed like that team rallied around Goff, but I don't want to read too far into it because a lot of bad teams who don't win games, when they finally win a game, they rally around whoever is standing next to them, you know? So I don't want to read too far into the fact that Goff has that locker room or anything like that, but it, it did seem like he was well-received. And I mean, the guy does have talent. He's not a premier quarterback and listen, we knew that the Rams the needed a difference maker. That's why they decided to move on from him. But like you could do much worse than Jared Goff in this league. You can, but you could do a lot better. You know, that, right. that's what, right. that's where you gotta, that's where you gotta look at. But again, this team, it, it depends, you know, what, who, if they are in love with someone, they're going to take them. I'm probably not at two, but, at, but most likely at 32. I mean, you know, Goff, he shows, like you said, he shows some signs. We've seen him at his best, but that, you know, when he went to the Super Bowl, but that team was loaded. I just, you watch him and you just, you know, you, you know, you're not going to get, you're not getting better. He's not, he's not evolving. You know what I mean? It's, the ship is sailed on Jared Goff. You know what I mean? Right. He, he, he's fine now for this team because they're so bad. They play hard. They play, you know, they play hard for the coach and, and they might like Goff. He's a great guy, good guy, I'm sure, you know. But if they have a guy and I think they, t- you know, they're going to go there. That's, but who, who, who it is, I don't know. It could be Ritter. I, you know, I, I, I was dead set on, on Ritter going there. And then I'm like, I'm just looking. I'm like, Pickett sitting there for them at that spot. I think they might try to get him to, you know, go after him. Yeah, but, but again, the, the concern isn't there with the hands. If you could get it, somebody. I, right. Again, I, I just I, – I have to think that – I think that Andrew's going to be right with this whole picket scenario. I think he, he could be the guy that takes a dramatic drop. I really, really yeah. do. Well, I, I mean, you think about it too, Tommy. Tell me if you agree. I, nobody saw anything with Pickett until this year. Like he was never on that level no, of a college quarterback. He and he was, you know, you understand it with some guys. Burrow, who was an afterthought and a transfer, ends up taking a team, wiping the floor with everyone in his path and winning a national championship. Kenny Pickett didn't do that, right? Like he competed no. in the ACC that isn't a behemoth of a conference. Right. But that's it. He competed and he looked pretty good in the process. And all the years before that, he didn't look great. So if there's any concerns about the ability, any concerns about the traits, it's not like you could fall back on, well, he still got the job done. Like, you know, they're legitimate concerns and it can lead to him falling. I well, think I, I'm going I'm to pose this question to the both of you guys. Can you see this scenario here? Let me just say hey. this, Rob, real quick. Just to answer. Go ahead. Answer, yeah, answer. Go ahead. Go ahead. He, had, he threw for 13 touchdowns in 2020 and 13 touchdowns in 2009. Like he, right. Then he exploded. But he was before that he he was not going to get drafted the way he was going, right? So who knows? Now you you have a question, Rob? Because I have rapid fire for Tommy. If you have a question, go yeah. for it. No, it, it's it's a scenario. Can you guys see this play out where mm-hmm. you get Willis as the only quarterback taken in the first round, and then all these other quarterbacks don't even get taken in the second round? They drop to the third and fourth rounds. Is that, that point, is that a scenario? Like oh, guys yeah. like Pickett, Possible. guys like Ritter, guys like Howell, uh, guys like Coral. Could you all see them just going third, fourth round, and no, 
not one quarterback going in that I'll, second round. I'll be honest with you. I'm worried that that's going to happen for my for my mock purposes. Like I, I right now, I have three of them going in the second round. Well, pick it at the end of the first. So maybe two two more or three more going in the second round, and I'm worried that that might happen. I I, I agree with you. That might, these guys, these teams might just be like, all right, we'll just wait now and take them in the third. Why why do we need to take them in the second? They're all the same. They're you know, and that's my that might be how they're graded. Now, what's the uh, what's the because they're not showing up on my Fanduel for me. What's the over under on draft position for Kenny Pickett? Do you know off the top of your head what it is? Because uh, that's a that's a that's a wild bet because you could legitimately see a situation he's all over where the place, Andrew. you know he's Carolina could love him at six, but if he doesn't go at six, he could fall as far as no, you it, said to like the third round. It's like all I, over. The I map. don't. I tell you the truth. I don't. It's pretty say low. I don't want to say there's a zero percent chance he gets taken in the top ten. Zero. I think who you you? Who I you thought that there was a zero percent chance that Daniel Jones was going to get taken in the top ten too. So you know, look. I, I mean, uh, the I, Raiders drafted Cleveland Farrell with the fourth overall yeah, pick three years well, ago. Yeah, but but the issue with Pickett is the hand size. I think that's a big deterrent with all these teams. I really, really do. Fifteen. I think and it's half, a big deterrent. Over, oh, the over fifteen and a half is minus two hundred for Kenny Pickett. Over meaning he gets picked later than 15 to, and a half. Yeah. Yeah. He gets picked 16 or, yeah. or and that's minus 200. Yeah. He's going to fall, yeah. Rob. He's going to fall. It's going to happen. No, there's no doubt. Yeah. I, I, and I what's, think what's Willis just out of curiosity. Uh, Willis is, let me see. Let me check. My He's right here. Malik Willis is 20 and a half. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But it's still is off. Imagine and Willis is over 13 and a half. The over is minus 158. Hmm. So, the, so what they're, is what they're basically saying is Saints Carolina and field. Seattle are not taking him. It's just a right. matter of whether or not somebody moves up for him or not. They're, that, yeah, that's essentially what that number they're basically says. Saying the Saints are going to take him when at their spot, nobody's going to trade up for him or he's going to fall to the Steelers. That's right. what they're saying. Right. Okay. I, I have rapid fire for you, Tom. All right. Some of these questions may be ridiculous, but if you have an answer, you do. If you don't, whatever. Mm-hmm. I remember last year there was a conversation about like picking one guy from the draft to be wearing the gold jacket, and you pick Sewell, Sewell. for that. Yeah. Is there a guy in this draft that gun to your head? One of them ends up in Canton. Your your life mm. savings depends on it. <laughs> Who are you taking? Oof. I mean, I think I'm gonna. I would go Evan Neal. Besides Malik Willis with the Steelers, yeah, obviously. Besides Malik Willis, <laughs> I'd go Evan Neal, but I want you to. I want you to. Kenny Walker, Kenneth Walker, could turn out to be Jonathan Taylor in this in this draft. That's how good I think he is. He's not going to go the first round. They don't. Nobody wants to take running backs anymore. Kenneth Walker is another guy that could be very special. Would I? I don't know about Hall of Fame, but if I had to pick one guy in the Hall of Fame, I would I say love, I love Kenny Walker. He's a second round pick for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt. That's the he's kid from Michigan State. Guy. Guy. Yes, Michigan I State, love that yeah. kid. I love his whole attitude. I love everything about that kid. Love him. He's yeah. my sort of a. It's my kind of a running back. That's the kind would, of running back I want. Okay, I would here's, say either Evan Neal, Evan Neal, or Sauce Gardner. I would say. Okay, Sauce here's Gardner a might, Sauce Gardner might be Darrell Reeves. Well, that's why there's a lot of a lot of not steam, but I see a lot of Jet fans that 
continue to say the last time the Jets had that elite level of defense is when they had a lockdown corner yeah. at Revis. And that's right. why a lot of them are right. advocating for the Jets to take Sauce Gardner. So I can definitely, yeah. I could definitely see that. Uh, the next question, who is the one guy that everyone's enamored with that you just, you just don't see it? Hmm. Who's the guy? Let's see. Um, to a certain degree, Linderbaum, Tyler Linderbaum, just because I don't like his hands are very small and he's small and he's not big. People are saying he's going to be the best center of all time. Right, Rob? You've heard that. I heard it. But like I don't you know said, if that's look, true. You know, it's tough to gauge with these centers, though, man. Like you said, he's a little he's a little light. He's got short arms, but they, look, when, when you take a center and you have him here going high, in, uh, you know, one of the top picks in the second round, right? You have him no, no. at 30, 32, no, 33. Really? 33. I haven't yeah. slipping that far. No, you have oh, him yeah, down at 33 right. to you're the right. Jaguars. Slip- but right. but that makes that's it, a, it, that's a, it that's makes a sense. That's a fall. But yeah. it makes sense because he's a center. You don't see centers going right. the first round. It's right. very rare. So yeah. for, even for him to go here at 33. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, the only the only two centers I can remember going first round is Alex Mack and Pouncey in the last 15 years. That's you don't right. Now, you don't, Alex it, Mack is probably gonna make the whole thing. He's that and, and Pouncey probably too, you think. Pouncey, no? yeah, Pouncey too, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, if they're regarded in that light, it's they usually pan out. But there, like you said, there is some concerns about his 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 arm size and his lack of of muscle. I guess not muscle, but lack of weight. I think two ninety one. Yeah, under three hundred. That's that's a little alarming for me. But I mean, there has to be something there if he's that highly regarded and there's that many concerns about his size. You know what I'm saying? It's right. like yeah. it's like a catch twenty two. You know, right. he's obviously good enough. Where even with those concerns, no doubt, he's got the you I, know. But at the same right. time, those are glaring concerns. So right. And if and if you want to go out of the quarterbacks, Matt Corral, I don't get it. I don't think he's good. But you could well, your player comp for him was Taylor Heineke. Yeah, because you yeah because you were asking if he's a Steeler, and I said, do you like Taylor Heineke? Do you like Heineke? True. Yeah, I, I <laughs> you don't, don't like that answer. Don't I don't I don't. Yeah. I don't well, then I, I watched this. It. I watched this pro. I watched this pro day. We were both texting yeah. each other while that while that right. was going on, and I was like, you know what, like. You were spot on. He's got an unorthodox throwing motion. Looks like he's putting everything he has into a 10-yard throw, and it's just not yeah. getting there. Similar to Heineke. Yeah. You see Heineke, he kind of reminds me of, like, Duck Hodges, right? He just doesn't have yeah. that type of air underneath the ball when he throws it. He looks like he's putting all his might into it, but it just, right. you know, it you doesn't like get the, there. You like that. They play hard. They're tough, but and but he gets hurt, too. I, yeah. he's, the, if it, he's the quarterback. I don't get it all. Being like, tough as nails is good, but you got to be durable at the same time. Exactly. You know, uh, the, on the flips on the flip side of that question, who's the one guy that nobody knows about that they better get acclimated with? Oh, I love. I was waiting for this. Perry and Winfrey, defensive tackle, uh, Oklahoma, from Oklahoma tackle. Yeah, I love that guy. First of all, I heard him in an interview on NFL Radio. Yes, I am. Fell, and and fell guess who? Guess who he's got him going to, Andrew? You'll love this. Oh, I saw he's got him going to the Ravens. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he gives Ravens me he gives me Willis, and he tries to sneak in the fine print that the Ravens oh, yeah. are building the, the oh, no, fucking he gives you, defense over. He gives you Willis. He gives you Willis, and then he drafts two guys for the Ravens. It's gonna cross. Then I gotta yeah. Then I gotta rip Willis's <laughs> neck off. Yeah. I'm like a mob boss. I hug you, but then you get whacked two seconds later. <laughs> if the if the Ravens don't take Jordan Davis in the first round, which they could, who's another guy we didn't really talk about him yet. The guy he ran up the forty he ran was unreal at three hundred thirty pounds. Yeah. But if they if they wind up taking you know going the opposite way, then I, yeah, Winfrey at forty. I, Winfrey is a guy that 
you know, on most big boards, he's like in the 60s, 70s. He, he stood out to me. I was watching, you know, pro day, uh, not pro day, uh, senior bowl week. And he reminded me of Derek Brown from Auburn that went a couple of years ago to the Panthers. We were talking about, he pushes guys back into the, into the quarterback. He's, he's one of those bruisers and he's, he's a great athlete, a great head on his shoulders. He's my favorite player in the draft. Like I'm rooting for him to go, to go higher than, than he might. So that kind of answers my friend Mike's question. Again, he had a couple of more questions where he kind of asked, you know, an edge rusher or solid defensive plays that the Giants can grab in round two or three. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, like we said, if, if they're going to go edge, there's Arnold uh, Abikati from Penn State. Penn State there's Ojabo. Kid, right. Yeah, there's Ojabo who's Ojabo. hurt. He's another guy. There's Logan Halls, another good edge from Houston. Is They could go. There's, you know, I don't know if they want to go say, you know, they already have McKinney, but if you want to have more, more depth in that, the, the uh, secondary Jalen Petrie's a good player out of Baylor safety. There's a kid very, who I have going to New England. He's just the perfect New England guy. You know, while we're, while we're on the, uh, while we're in the business of giving shout outs and answering people's questions, you got to love the gall on Chris Marini. We're oh, doing a draft go. preview show, and he asked a question about the Dolphins, who don't have a pick until the third round. Have, well, I, told, yeah. <laughs> I told him, I said, the only way we're going to mention – I texted him today. I said, hey, cuz, the only way we'll probably mention the Dolphins is if you send a question in. So, he get, Wait, we'll, we'll get to his question. Hold on, yeah. hold on. I can answer that question. Let me just get to the punters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, You're going to get but, the best punter, Chris. Right. But to, to <laughs> well, well buddy, honestly, I mean, you make you make a joke, but – I was reading today, you know, we, we had the discussion about Linderbaum, people saying he's going to be the best center of all time. I've heard a lot of things about this kid from San Diego State being like this otherworldly no, punter. punter. is unbelievable. He, he punted, he had a 90, 89-yard punt, and 70 of it was in the air. And he's okay. a kicker. He could kick, too. There's your answer, Chris. <laughs> there's, your, there's your crown jewel yeah, of the 2022 Matt, NFL draft. Matt Arroyes, I think his name is. He's good. Yeah. But to answer the, your buddy's question, Rob, the one guy, another guy, Josh Passion. An edge from Kentucky. Kid from Kentucky. I was just. I have him going to New England because he's one of those guys. He's a New England guy. He's a three-year captain. One of those guys that you know plays can play all over. It's, so I like him. But we, we talked about Perry and Winfrey. But I, you want you want my super duper duper sleeper of this draft that nobody knows that I absolutely think is going to could be a real real good player. Derek Young from Lenore Ryan. The wide receiver. Oh, you love Lenore Ryan. Isn't that where that kid Kyle Duggar came from? Yeah, Kyle Duggar. Pitch, uh, Patriot. Very good player. This kid could be special. I mean, I don't know when he's going to go. He might not. Even, he might be drafted like day three late. But this kid put up in two – he only played two games uh, this year because of the like, schedule was screwed up. I think he had almost 500 yards total with like 25 catches. Insane. Six three two twenty, so that's my super duper. He'll be in the sleeper section, probably at wide receiver. Derek Young, remember there that name. Well, uh, let's get to Gary Molinero's question because we kind of glossed over the question. the end of the first round and we didn't touch on the Cowboys. You had him taking offensive tackle Tyler Smith out of uh, out of Tulsa, um, right? But he submitted a question because he's obviously on the same brainwave as you, and he's thinking offensive lineman. He yeah. says, if the boys have the opportunity to get Kenyon Green or Zion Johnson, do they trade back or do they pick one of them? Well, I mean, if, if you're going by my mock, they'll have a chance at – well, Johnson will be gone. 
But they'll, you have they'll Green have their... going right before them at 22, I believe, to the oh, Packers. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you got them yeah. going to the Packers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, then they'd be gone. But that's why I have Tyler Smith. But I could see, you know, they, they might trade up. There's talk of Jones wants to come move up. For, I think Penning. I think he loves Penning. But he's going to have to move up. Well, to, look, they the need to 15. solidify that offensive line because Dallas has yeah, all they, sorts of problems there. Yeah, they lost Collins. I mean, they, yeah. you know, the line is still decent, but now you got a big, big hole at the end on, on the tackle spot. So I would say that's why I haven't taken the kid from Tulsa, but I know they like, uh, they like penning a lot. They're going to have to, but they're going to have to come up to the top 15. So they're going to have to give up some capital for it. But you know, Jones, he'll do it. Uh, we I, answered, I, I would be shocked if they don't have, a, if they don't draft an offensive line in the first round. We answered both the Broncos questions. Um, he Phil, said yeah, what, he Philly? thinks yeah he said he thinks the Jets need a wide receiver with their second first round pick and he thinks that Jamison Williams is the guy with the most upside. Do you agree? And you kind of wax poetic so. about him before, so you agree with that. And then for the Giants, if both are available, Cross and Gardner, who are you taking? And I think you probably all be in agreement that you're taking Gardner. No. Yeah, yeah, Gardner. I mean, yeah, you're not going to take two. Absolutely. I mean, They're not taking I, two offensive linemen. No, they won't take sure. two linemen. I think Phil thinks maybe they take if they took like a Thibodeau at five and then had that choice, I'd still take Gardner. Yeah, 100%. I mean, is there a scenario where you see the Giants at five not taking the tackle? We'll put it this way. You know what? what, if, what it, well, hold on. Let's... What if Hutchinson falls to the Giants? They right. might take it. And, and what if those three offensive linemen are available the way uh, we had set it up? They can you, get one at where, seven. Right. They can, if Cross and... Yeah. Uh, if Quanu and, and Neil are there, then why not take the best? Is, the there's best only player there's only five? one there's only win, right. one pick in between both of yours. Yeah, no, they, they could so if it. all three it's tackles right. are there, you could take the best available defensive player yeah. at five and still exactly. guarantee you. So at the very worst, one of those tackles goes at six, and exactly. you have your pick of the other two. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It, could, it could do it. it so if this it. if so. this buzz around Hutchinson yeah, but, falling but is there, but if you but if you really love one of the guys, you got to take him because the Panthers are going to take one of them. You know? Well, here, here's a, here's the thing, right? Here's a hypothetical scenario, and you got to be thrilled if you're a Giants fan. And obviously, we don't know anything until camps open up, games start getting played. But if that scenario comes to fruition, where Thibodeau goes two and Stingley goes three, all of a sudden Hutchinson falls from four. The Jets don't take him. Right. Giants are sitting there at five. They take Hutchinson, and now Carolina ends up taking a Kongwu. And you have Neil graded out as a top tackle. They walk away with Hutchinson at five and Neil at seven. I mean, you'd, that you'd would probably be unbelievable. Go, you'd go streaking in the streets. Yeah. I just but, might go streaking goes, anyway just if, for the hell of it. But if, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, if, uh, but if they take Neil and Gardner, I, I'm I'm streaking. I, I'd be streaking because I, lo- I, I love Gardner too. So Giants are going to – Giants can't go – they can't go wrong. I don't think they can screw this up. I really don't think they can screw this up. I think there's so many good – there's so much depth in the top 10 as far as, you know, these guys. Well, uh, the, the whatever, fascinating whatever scenario is what happens at seven with them. Do they get phone calls for they're people to move up? If, Mal- if Malik Willis is there, that's the only phone calls they're going to get. They're not getting phone calls yeah. unless somebody really loves Sauce Gardner. They love yeah. one of the cornerbacks or whatever well, it that, may be. That kind know. of brings me to the question that we got from Armando Holder. He's a pissed off 49ers fan, I take it. And he's fuming. Did Nunzio Gambino, did he put his email in? Uh, I did not get anything from Ned, no. Come on, Ned. He said he was going. (laughs) But Armando says 
Uh, he's fuming at the fact that they bypassed in free agency J.C. Jackson and Stephon Gilmore, and they opted for Charvarius Ward instead. Does he really make our secondary better? Lynch claimed that he's the big bite of the offseason. How? And after seeing what Gilmore got, I'm stunned that we preferred, preferred Ward. Do you think Ward is better than both corners that I just named? So that's not a non-draft-related question, but I'll take it to the draft, too, because they're not in the first round. You'd have to think they're looking for a premium pick if they end up dealing Debo. So you're talking about the fact you get the seventh pick in a trade for Debo or the fifth pick in a trade for Debo, and you could take Gardner, and it all of a sudden offsets the fact that you didn't get the tier one corners in free agency. So there's still capability for them to snag someone like that. I'm thinking it's probably not likely, but you can't rule it out. But no, I, I to answer his question, I do not think that Charvarius Ward is on the same level. I, I don't yeah, think Gilmore yeah, is the same corner anymore. I think J.C. Jackson is in the – Yeah, but J.C. Jackson is in a tier more. of his own out of the guys that yeah. he named. But I have him at 61. I have him taking Roger McCreary, who's a very good cornerback from Auburn. The, uh, you know, if they want to tra- – you know, they might, they might try – I don't know how they would – they would try to trade up somehow, and you know, if they want to get – McDuffie or somebody, but if they, you know, if they, if they get, if they do trade for uh, Debo and get a top 10 pick, they're going to, I think they're going to try to get Gardner or somebody, but if they don't do that, if they don't make any trades, they have to take the corner at 61. They have to, because their, their cornerback situation is really bad. Now, who's the, um, I know you, you, you have a knack for pointing out these running backs that you love in the late rounds. Is that kid from Minnesota who got hurt early on in the season? Is he coming out this year? Uh, let me see. I haven't heard his name at all. I don't think he is. And you love them. The yeah. first couple of weeks of the season, he had that really big game against. Um, uh, was it was it opening week they played Ohio State and Stroud yeah, and, and the Buckeyes game. ran away at the end after he kind of got hurt. But he had a yeah he had a monster first half in that game. No, he's not. He's. I think he. I think he comes out. He's next not. Week. He's not on the board. No. Yeah. He's not there. He, he's not there. The kid I love, and, and I told Tommy I this, and I wanted. Read, to, they maybe they they maybe they gave him an extra year because the injury, like the injury. Maybe because of the injury. I'm just checking. Maybe because of the injury. Oh no! Yeah, he, yeah. He's he's retired. Of uh, Muhammad Ibrahim. They, he, yeah, right. he's, he's, I, he, I forgot he, his he, name. Yeah. He goes. He has one more year. He he, he went back cause, probably because of the injury. He went back. I think he could have came out, but when you get a ruptured Achilles, you know you, you got to come back. You got to try to. You know you probably wouldn't get. You know it's very late when you get drafted, so it's let him come back, prove it. There's a lot of things out there. There's a lot of rumors out. Well, not rumors, but there's a lot of you know talk that the Giants love James Cook, who's a smallish sort of run. Dalvin Cook's brother. Sort of a, you know, just a small, more of a scat back sort of a running back. I, I, I just can't, I, you know. Great, great. He's, you know what he could be? Even though I've, I, I can't believe I saw, and it was a real good, like, draft guy that compared him to Alvin Kamara. What? Which would be, yeah, I swear. I saw I couldn't wow. believe it. But well, Kamara was a late I mean, round that, pick, too. Wasn't he a fourth rounder, yeah. Kamara? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, late, yeah. yeah. But I think more of, he could be maybe. More of a Shane Vereen that we the Shane Vereen that we were supposed to get and never yeah, did. Well, the Shane Vereen that we never used the right <laughs> way. Exactly. You know, so let's it, not forget that. But the guy I be, love, I told Tommy, is Damian Pierce. Yeah. Kid yes. out of Florida, love him, big body kid. You know, this is a kid that has fresh legs. He 
Look, he 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 didn't have a lot of touches in college, which I love, you know. Right. But he He's was fresh. efficient. Yeah. Caught nineteen balls, didn't drop a pass. He can catch. He's a great blocker, you know, so this he's is the your type guy, of right? he's, a, he's one of that guy. Right? He's a north-south guy. He, he's a north-south guy. I love that. He'll be a fourth, fifth-round pick, probably more in the fourth round. I, Perfect scenario third. there he for the go, Giants. He might go third, Rob. He might go yeah, third. It's possible. It's possible. You know, you look at a guy like Brian Robinson Jr., he's a type of kid, though. He's got too many touches in Alabama, man. You know, you hate to see these kids that kind of had wear and tear in them already in college. And right. got kind of beat up a little bit. You hate to see that. That's why I like a kid like Damian Pierce. So, yeah. you know, this is I, – I, I'd love to see a scenario where the Giants take him maybe in that fourth round somehow. So, we'll see. They might. They might. Now, it would be an absolute travesty and a disservice to have the king himself on and not ask any gambling-related questions. And I know you're going to be a little bit more in-depth on this in your – comprehensive mock once it's finalized before the draft tomorrow, but is there any yeah. of your favorite props that you have set in stone yet? Well, I, before this damn news today, I loved uh, Thibodeau 20 to one at the night at going to the Seahawks. I bet it on FanDuel. I bet it on DraftKings. And now this news comes out, but I really thought he would fall to that, to that spot. Like he's Thibodeau is the t- perfect Pete Carroll guy. He still might. You know I, mean? I mean, are you, are you so, what, I mean, are you I'm, so... I don't know. I just, I, I don't know what to think. The, the Vegas, I mean, they usually spot on. It's, cra- it's crazy how spot on they are usually. You know? But can't the odds switch tomorrow before you... I mean, have you seen that scenario before? I mean... No, it know. could happen. It, it, another rumor will come out and then it'll change again. Like, it's down to... It, even though I told you, it's 7-1 to one now, but 7-1 to one is for getting the first three picks exact is very low. Like, that should be a 25-1 to one bet, you know? Right. Um, right. And right now, Sauce Gardner is minus 240 to go to the Giants. Minus two. Well, you know, look, the Giants have been rumored with Sauce Gardner for a while now. You know, that's uh, you been know what I might, long I been might the rumor. Like, I might, I don't know, I might look at it. I thought I saw it a four to one, a, one, a tight end getting taken in the first round. The only one it would be Trey McBride is, is McBride from Colorado State. Could, you know, I don't know where I'm not sure where he would go. I'd have to look more when I do them. When I think finish the mock tonight, I could maybe see a fit, but at four to one, you might want to, that might be one. Oh, I think it's over a half tight end. Like, you know, so it's got, well, you got him going end. to the Vikings in the second round there. Pick yeah, 46. They need a tight end. Irv they Smith, need a tight end after, well, they lost. Um, right. And Irv went Smith to, hurt. well, what's his name? Went to the jets too. Uh, the hell's the kid's name? The minute the tight end that they had, Jesus. Yeah, uh, Conklin. Yeah, Ty yeah. Conklin. Right. Yeah. Who I like. To the Jets. The, he was it, good coming out of the map. Yeah, good, he was good, good, he was good player. Last year. Good yeah, player, but you'd have to think the Giants, year. you know, where, where's the scenario you see that the Giants are taking a tight end because they have to take a tight end. They got one on their I, roster. I'm not, I can see a, a guy I would like them taking the fourth round, Jelani Woods from Virginia Tech. He's a freak, this kid. Absolute freak. Could be like an Evan Ingram, like that kind of talent. Hopefully, he doesn't have an alligator arm, uh, you know, butterfinger hands like like Ingram. But I could see them taking a guy like that in the fourth round. Okay. Is there, is there a prop of uh, George Pickens to go in round one? Being that I was talking him up before. I mean, if you want to take him, you want to take him as the first receiver. Well, you no, can't definitely, even get him. definitely you not. Can't even get him. Yeah, yeah, definitely not the first receiver, but I could see him maybe squeaking into the end of the first round. There's going to be movement too, so you never know what can happen. 
Let me try to find pictures. And again, you never know where these guys are ranked on the big boards in these front offices. I mean, look, the Eagles had Jalen Rager ranked above Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I I don't see a lot of trades in this in this uh, draft, especially in the first round. More than anything, maybe in the the trades happened already. The trades happened already. Right, they happened. But I'm saying, as far as because there's no there's no quarterbacks that have really distinguished themselves, with the exception of maybe Willis, may and he's a big maybe. Right. You're not going to see those scenarios where you had last year with the trades, you know, to trade up for whether it be for Justin Fields or if it was for Trey Lance. You know, you're not going to see that sort of action, I don't think, because I don't see a scenario where teams really are, are trading up to grab a cornerback, to grab an edge rusher, you know, to grab I, maybe I, one of the receivers. I don't know. I, I don't can only see, see the only two teams I really see that would trade, like maybe Dallas, because if they really love an offensive tackle, because they can't get them, they can't get the top four guys where they are. They have to move right. on. Right. And and the I th- the Chiefs are going to make a move because I said they have too many too many draft picks. They're going to make a move for a wide receiver. A lot of draft capital, yes, yes. And maybe and the Giants G- at seven. You know, the Giants can go back. Look, the Giants could easily go back. That's, you know, it's been, it's it been talked depends. about heavily here. So we got to hope one, a team falls in love with one of the, either Willis, Pickett, Ritter, whoever, and wants to take him in the top ten. But well, true, I looked out. George Pickens is plus one twenty-five to go in the top thirty-two. So it's, that's not bad. It's almost even bad. odds. I mean, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's. I mean, yeah, like they're they're kind of banking on it. So we'll see. What do you want, Fanduel? When you look when you're looking at that, yeah, I check no, Fanduel. There's Fanduel, DraftKings. Those are the two I check. No, I don't MGM. think I don't think in New York you can bet on individual players. Is that correct? Was I hearing that correct today? I'm not in, sure. New York. In, I don't in, see in, I don't see any props different. at all on my. No, you can't because in New York there's no individual prop bets. Oh, really? That you, can, that you can bet in New York. You could do it in Jersey. That's why right. you're seeing it and Andrew's not. Oh, okay, right. Yes, yeah, they, they were talking about got... that today on the Boomer and Cotton show. Yeah, there's uh, things, Boomer yeah, and there's things New York have that. Jersey doesn't, I think, and and it, and then you know now the college stuff. I can't believe it's they still have this law, but like if you if right now if I wanted to bet on Seton Hall, I can't, but you guys can, and if you guys want to bet on like St. Syracuse John's, you or can, St. John's, and I can. yeah, right, it's so right. stupid. It is and, but how about this? The drafts in Vegas. There are no bets right now allowed for the draft in Vegas. It cut off today at four o'clock. That was the wow. rule. It had to be 24 hours before the draft starts. You had you to cut it off in Vegas. You certainly so understand that. People, but there's people that are flying in tonight to the draft that think they're going to gamble on the draft, and they, they, they're they in for a rude awakening tomorrow, which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. Well, listen, all we got left. <laughs> you know what's funny? The one thing I just read on Kenny Pickett, 2018, beat out Ben DiNucci. Oh God, Ben! Oh God! I mean, I could beat up Ben Danucci. Guy is awful. <laughs> I mean, think about awful. that. But uh, you know, listen. All we got left tomorrow is the is the big day, boys. That's it. It's, yeah, wait, it's draft Christmas, day. Christmas. It's, day. it's 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 one of the, it, it's probably the great day in in um, in the NFL and and just in general. Just it's great. you know, it's great. It's to, reality. To watch TV that draft. I'm fired up. You know, I mean, since I'm you, ten you... years old, I've been watching. I've been. I watched draft. I used to go to Chris Marini's house uh, to watch it at his house because it used to be on like an you know on Saturday and like ten in the morning. So we would watch it. Then we then it evolved into when I was like 15, 16, We go to bug shots and watch it. But now, but I now I just stay. Oh, I got now with everything so in, 
like doing the mocks. I got to stay home by myself. One of my one of my biggest draft day memories is my birthday, and my friends came over. My friend Chad, my friend Mike, my friend Vito came over. They bought right. a cake. They bought a cake for me. You know, happy <laughs> birthday, Rob, on it. We're watching the draft, and I believe it was the same draft where the Giants also traded for. Uh, they made the Eli Manning deal. Oh, oh that whole four. scenario there. Yeah. yeah, that whole scenario there, and they proceeded to have the cake. And as you know, we're, we're singing happy birthday with the cake. My friend Chad's like, wait a second. They had no candles on it. I don't like the candles, whatever. He goes, this cake <laughs> smells sour. I put my Uh-oh. face by the cake and my head got smashed face first. <laughs> oh, I can't face. believe you yeah. fell for that. They screwed I, you. Listen, I fell for it. I fell for it. And then I had to get my revenge on somebody years later. And I did it Uh-oh. to my nephew, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Took it out, it out on him. He had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable but yeah i'm a bitch but you know so so yeah so i felt that was one of my better draft day memories actually <laughs> but you know you, 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 it's a shame because look the buzz is always still there because it's the nfl draft right but at the same time it, the buzz maybe because the quarterbacks yeah you, you know you need, you need are, are to, we, see you know what though yeah. it's it's yeah. i'm in a i'm in a weird predicament with that though because this is i'm going on 15 16 years now where the steelers have for the most part been competitive they're drafting right. at the later part of the first round i mean they still are this year but they're they're always looking for a depth fill-in piece they may have a little bit of a hole they could use a depth pass rusher or they can use an interior lineman they're not sexy sexy picks and for the first time in forever I'm going to be watching the board, like looking for a quarterback. And so right. even well, though yeah, it doesn't have the sexy buzz behind it this year, for me personally, as a fan, it kind of does have more of that intrigue behind it that it hasn't had well, years always, for me. Well, yeah. Always when your favorite team is, is going to may draft a quarterback or like the giants for us or the jet fans this year, it's exciting because we have the early, you know, the giants have the early picks jets have early picks, but you know, anytime a quarterback is involved, especially when there's yeah. the big names it's that makes it but i think it's i think it's nfl is so so far ahead of everything that even this draft is just, everyone's it's, the ratings are going to be off the off the charts it's you know yeah does it is it more exciting when there's the, that you know that franchise those two three franchise quarterbacks yeah but it's still going to be unbelievable but like you said this is the first time because you were what five when Roethlisberger got drafted. I was right? I was seven, seven, yeah. Oh, seven. Okay. So, yeah, so I was born that, in ninety-seven. So you were so. kind of young. Oh, I yeah, I thought ninety-eight. Yeah, I don't, so I don't, you, I didn't watch young. the draft back then. I was right. way too young. So, so I've young. never, I've never been in this position before as a fan where but, my you know, team might be taking a quarterback draft, around one. The draft also used to be in one day. You know, only the last couple of years have they, you know. Yeah. Have they? One, uh, I think it went 18 hours, and like I was when I was watching those caught on the draft show. I think it was 84, 18 hours. Imagine saying that sitting there for 18 hours. Yeah, I'm ready for yeah, it. Though. You know, not now. They and you know what? You talked about I'll, the ratings I'll, I'll be, being off the charts. Think yeah. about it too, especially like from a nationwide perspective. It's always going to be a big draw, but like the NBA playoffs are on right now, and you have no Clippers, no Lakers, no Knicks, no Nets, and the Bulls. Did the Bulls win tonight, oh, or did they get knocked out? I didn't even look. I didn't even look. Uh, they, yeah, were playing, even they were playing the Bucs. to the NBA. But, I mean, those just, are the three biggest markets in the NBA, and the Bucks, lo- the Bulls lost, so they're out. 
So you got the three biggest markets in the NBA whose teams are not in the playoffs. Yeah, Bulls lost by 16 to Bulls. Right, you have baseball, which is it's a regional it's a regional sport, and it's a Thursday, no, it's, so a lot of teams are traveling, so there's not even that many games tomorrow. And, and hockey, you're in the last two games of the season where well, all the playoff spots are determined. So, like, yeah. everybody in the world is going to be tuned in. Like, And it's in Vegas. They have the Bellagio, the, the fountains behind them. You're going to get the housewives to watch them. Like, oh, look at the pretty, the pretty you know, the fountains. that They'll be watching, too. So, the NFL is king. We know this already. Nothing comes close to it. It's, like Rob said, 365. It is 365 days a year. And this is one of the best days out of anything for me and but it's but for a lot of people love the draft everyone people love it 100 episodes yeah, it's just, rob it's excitement 100 episodes here's still 100, 100 more uh, well you know i you know you weren't on here to start but he started you know he gave the 100 episode thing for about 10 right. seconds and then we went into the, uh, the the whole met thing with the brawl and the, the hit yeah. batsman we went into arenado's career we went into the making of the ball. We went into how many stitches are in the ball. How we went into the feel of the ball. He went up for about eight minutes. And then oh, I just no. had to stop him because I never got a chance to congratulate us. <laughs> he is going well, off. You know, what, you know what I was gonna you know what I was gonna do, Rob? <laughs> well, I was I was gonna try to get Huey Lewis to ca- to do a cameo and congratulate his biggest fan. Oh no, please. Episode. I couldn't find he, he doesn't do it. Luckily, oh my you, oh my thank it. God. <laughs> that would have been great. And I was going to have Andrew put it into edited and into post. It would have been put, delete- it the, put it in at the beginning. Yeah, that would have oh, been, been great. That would have been I, great. I, I, I was so him, mad that he doesn't do it. Remember the story when, when Tommy Dunn uh, put me in, in the Huey Lewis fan club? Yeah, when he did that, I started getting emails. I started getting emails from Huey Lewis fan club. I tell you, some of the, I, to be honest with you, on a side note, some of those things are expensive as hell. Like I looked into, oh, I, I looked in for Father's Day, getting my dad a message from Jerome Bettis because it's probably right. his favorite Stealer besides Rod Woodson. Yeah. Right. It's like seven hundred and fifty dollars for it's him to crazy. record like a fifteen-second message. It was nuts. Some of them, like, no some way. What kind I'll of? Just, what kind like, of? I'll, what, I'll, I'll go up to him and say Happy Father's Day. It's just what as kind good. of? Yeah, exactly. what kind of? And I don't charge you, a you fee. <laughs> what kind of son are you? Your father's done everything for you. He's given you a yeah. roof. He's given you food. He put you through school. You can't get him $750 to, he, he to make never, him happy. He never with got your a Jerome Bettis personalized message for me, so I'm not getting one for him. That's... I was, I was going to get Scott Hansen from the Red Zone to, to read my, our draft order in our fantasy league, but it, I just didn't do it. But it was like $250 for him. Yeah, I, some of these crazy. people make make bank doing it, really. Oh, yeah. It's a good sidekick for all these guys who already make crazy. money. It's unreal. It's amazing. Yeah. It really but is that, amazing. That will so. uh, do it for episode 100. Yeah. So anybody who's interested in getting the full packet from Tommy, give us your email addresses. We'll send it out once he has it finalized tomorrow. Reach uh, out, anyone, yes. Yeah, definitely reach what out. Are, anyone who... What are you going to drop at noon? You can drop this at noon, the episode? Yep. yep. So I'll try to get it yeah. exactly right, right around that time. I'll try to get it. it. It should be done by then. And then so it goes out the same time so you can read along while you're listening, hopefully. Beautiful. Um, anyone who Sounds submitted great. questions tonight, thank you for continuing to listen and support and taking part. Um, we got to everybody. Some of them we kind of answered before we formally read what the question. What about Matt draft day question? Uh, yeah, okay. On that note, thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs> well, listen, let's, uh, yeah. let's, just thank, let's just thank everybody that's been supporting us for the uh, entire 100 episodes. You know, guys like Tommy and, and guys like Brucey and, you know, all the people that, that, you know, you know, and I know, and Tommy knows and, 
you know, that, that are supporting us and that listen to us, uh, you know, maybe not a hundred episodes, but they listen occasionally and they give feedback and maybe even sometimes they give some constructive criticism, which is fine. You can always do that. We don't mind that at all, but you don't you know, bang the table anymore. Right? No. <laughs> well, you know, listen, there are certain little things, but here is the one thing that's never going to change. I'll never be able to pronounce certain names. That's just, yeah, there you go. It's just, you know, this, I was gonna tell I'm going to need help. For Aquano, me and Drew were joking. We were going to just tell you, just say Icky. Just say Icky for him. Yeah, that's don't it. Say yeah. The whole don't, thing. No, don't I got a Aquano. I got a Aquano yeah, down pat now. You did, you did it well. Oh, there you go. No, I got a Aquano. I got a Aquano down pat. Now you got to work on Mike Fultonavich. Fultonowicz. Fultonowicz. That was another classic. And, and Frank Nilakina. We'll get there. <laughs> I don't have to worry about saying that name anymore, thank God. Uh, yeah, thank God. He's, but, probably, uh, he's probably happy his name was mentioned that in any sport. That's why I'm glad Nick. the Knicks drafted Obi Toppin. That's an easy yeah, one. Yeah. Quick and easy, <laughs> to the point. Short, sweet. Um, but yeah, I'll just second what Rob said. Everybody that's continued to listen is, I, I do know people that have listened to pretty much all 100. So for that, we thank you. Um, we have fun doing I, it. Looking forward do, to doing I've, more. I've listened to almost all. I mean, you know, sometimes busy. Sometimes I got to put you on two times speed so i uh, get through andrew's diatribes <laughs> <laughs> now you guys this is a great show listen just i want i want to after you listen to this episode just listen to that first eight minutes of him and let me know what you think it was <laughs> but, what did I, but what did i say what I did i say stop it but what did I, I say? Stop it. What did I say, though? I said you know what if you want to blame anybody you got to blame tommy because i'm just trying to pass time until he accepts the zoom invite Oof. Without, I didn't want to was get I into any football without him. Was I that late on it? Uh, I, I mean, a few listen, like I said, we're, we're all the 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 motto of this podcast is transparency. Yep. So I sent you the email at seven thirty on the dot, Damn. and um, we waited. How long did we wait until we started recording without him, Rob? Probably about three minutes. You know, okay, and then Rob said I was long. talking about Nolan Arenado for eight minutes. Jeez, so no, I couldn't. We're talking, we're talking, probably about twelve or thirteen minutes. Damn, but it's okay. I mean, for all the work you do on the mock. Well, yeah, I was trying. I was getting the last minute things, getting the papers wet together, so I could just look at stuff. We figured, we figured, we knew that was a good excuse. Um, but listen, you guys do a great job. I love, I love coming on. I love listening. Both of you guys are my boys. Love you both. Very happy with your uh, that your hundred episodes. You're gonna get a hundred more. Hopefully, it takes off even further than it has. I know you're getting more listeners, and I'm telling you, it's genuine. People love listening to you guys. They love the the chemistry. They know it's off the cuff. It's genuine, and it's. I just like I am. I'm really proud and appreciative that I'm a part of it it's in a small way. So I, I you know, congratulations to both. It's a, it's a big way. Estrada it's too. a big way. Everybody, this is our most listened episode is when Tommy hops on. Everybody's yeah. looking for it. Yeah. I had, I had friends of mine who haven't like some, some of my friends, whenever they hear something, you know, they'll listen, but like, they won't necessarily like talk to me about it. They'll text me yeah. every once in a while. If something funny happens on the podcast, right. but I don't really talk to them like on a weekly basis regarding the podcast, but I had yeah. a bunch of people probably like five or six people that were texting me asking me when the draft episode was happening because they knew that you were hopping on and i right. sent them your packets last year so it's it's not a small way you're contributing in a big way it. don't sell yourself short well, um, i miss you guys we got well ranger playoffs i'm sure we'll do some grand city games right we'll do some games there. oh for sure we'll have to get together oh, for for those games 100%. yeah 
Yeah. And we're we doing a recap show next week or not? Should be. Yeah. All right, good. Yeah, I'll be on. Unless you completely on. whiff on every single one of your picks, well, then you might be, be embarrassed funny. to come that'll back be, on. And, and, hopefully, and hopefully Benedict <laughs> Brucey comes on our show because he yeah, went on what's somebody he doing? else's. I know, I saw that. He went on Daniel McCartan's show tonight, and you yeah, can't even McCartan. get on it. I tried to click on Twitter Spaces. Jeez. I couldn't even get on on my iPad to try and maybe give him a listen, but, you know, he kind of blew us off with Daniel McCartan. So, you know, Brucey better come on next week. Otherwise, you know what? You know, remember when he went to, uh, you know, the scenario at the Supra- at the uh, at the Lestrada? That just might come true. <laughs> well, he, he, better, he, he, better he, watch his, he better watch his step, Mr. Shine. I tell you right now, he better not stop benedicting us. He thought he was Maury with uh, Jimmy Conway next to him when he walked into Lestrada. <laughs> yeah, he was intimidated walking in there, but he got comfortable. <laughs> but he was constantly yeah, he, looking over his shoulder. You could tell. Well, Whenever he started getting too comfortable, he kind of smacked himself. And uh, I'll, give a little dose of, I'll give him a little dose of reality if he doesn't come on next week. Well, him. you know what it was? He saw he saw Frank Laterra in the corner. He thought he was planning his own funeral. But that'll do it for episode 100. Um, thanks, everybody, again, for continuing to listen. Thank you, Tommy, for coming on. We'll have him back on next week for the, dra- uh, the draft recap. I couldn't think of the word. I'm thinking preview. Draft recap. Uh, and again, anyone who wants to pack it, give us the emails. We'll send it to you. You can print it out, read along, and I'll have much more information than what we went through tonight. We kind of just went through the first round. He has full three rounds, sleepers for each position, draft props. He plan, He starts planning for the next draft right as of this draft concludes. So he's got the whole list of any random notes he's had on his phone throughout the whole research process. So um, it's an awesome read. You kind of get a breakdown of everybody you should be keeping your eyes on. And uh, he's been, I mean, it's on the money. I mean, it's a hard thing to do. You hit it, you hit like six, seven picks right on the money, and that's a win, you know? You're a genius. You're a genius. Right. Six or seven. And you've done it, and you've done it. So yeah. everybody enjoys reading. So, again, if you want it, let us know your info. We'll, we'll send the we'll send it to you over email. You can have the full packet and read along while the draft is going on. Hope everybody's happy with what their team does. I'll be waiting on pins and needles. As I said, this is probably the most intriguing draft I've ever had as a fan, so I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to hopefully another hundred episodes. And uh, yeah, let me just go on record as saying something. Let me Rob. just go on record as saying something. But I'm going to tell you something right now that if Malik Willis falls all the way down to the Steelers and they draft him, there'll be no episode 101. So you could just. <laughs> wow. That's a bold statement. Well, I mean, I got the key. I'm the one who cuts the audio I mean, and all I mean, this me, stuff. I mean, I, mean, I, I mean, can me still release an episode. I don't need him. Me, me and Andrew will be on episode 101 next week with Bruce. I will. I'll destroy go. it. I'll go. I'll join every, I'll join every social media outlet and destroy this podcast. <laughs> and you, who knows? We get you off the podcast. Like all of a sudden, Bruce? Bruce will be blowing off Danielle McCartan to come on here. So. <laughs> you got to straighten him out. That'll, but that'll do it. Uh, we'll see everybody next week. You can follow Rob on social media, Rob OG six, follow me on social media, Andrew may underscore 21. The show is Twitter, which I just recently got access back to because I couldn't figure out. I wasn't wow. banned. It just, I when he, it I logged when me out. Came back, you got your, then your show came back. It, you know what? It <laughs> logged me out for some reason. I, I don't know why. And then I tried to log back in and I forgot what the password was and I didn't have it written down anywhere. And I actually went back and dug through my text messages with Rob when I told him, what the password was. So I was able how to find is, it. How hard is Rob in. is a dick 21? How hard is that to, to get? Well, you know what the, <laughs> you know what the problem was too, is that I didn't, I forgot that we had, I, I forgot had the, the password for the email too. 
So I'm trying to reset the password and it's telling me it's going to send me an email and I couldn't log into the email address either because I didn't know the password for that. It was it was a shitstorm. But we're back on the Twitter account and we're we're good. We're rolling. I posted the episode last week. I'll post it again tomorrow. So we're we're all good from that perspective. So you can give that a follow too. I I posted the episode last week, by the way. Oh, you did? Yeah. And I and I posted the preview and then I posted the episode. Nice. Guy's trying to take trying to take credit from me already. Oh, look at episode one hundred. You, you deserve an award. Credit. Take take credit. All he did was retweet it. <laughs> he liked and retweeted it. I liked thanks. and retweeted it, but I also <laughs> I posted it on the show thing. <laughs> I posted it on my. I don't know if I posted anything on mine, but I was spamming with the retweets and a lot. I mean, people follow all three accounts. They're going to start getting annoyed that I'm spamming them with stuff. They know it's out. They got a lot of people get the notifications when they subscribe. So we're we're good. We're good. Don't worry. Don't you worry. I got this little thing down pat. Uh, and Tommy, what's your Tommy locks? Uh, at T-L-O-U-G-H-21, but I don't use it that much. If, if I hit a big parlay, I put I post sometimes. But there you go. It's been a while. <laughs> oh, you've been cold? I keep, you know, just keep just missing. Trey Young killed me during these playoffs. Oh, he was awful. He was, he was brutal. He was awful. But, you know, we're, we're back. We'll get back to all right. Well, until next week, everybody enjoy the draft. Get the follow on social media. Thanks, everyone, for listening, supporting, taking part, sending in questions. We appreciate interacting with everybody and busting everybody's balls. And uh, if you have any feedback on what your team did or knee-jerk reactions for who your team selected, you know, send in your questions and comments and opinions next week, and we'll kind of go over those too. Um, but until then, everybody stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you next week. For Tommy Lochran, Rob Dufresne, I'm Andrew May. See you guys next time.